Only a recording. A recording. I've just picked fish up for his house and they've got their own fucking weather system. Mm. I shot. Sure, I snowing. It was fucking hailstones. <laughs> it was raining. And that was just before we left this fucking street. Mental. Welcome to, <laughs> welcome to Scott and Liam vs. Evil episode 38 where we have a special guest. We have me, Liam. <laughs> we have me, Scott. <laughs> and we have Kieran Fisher. Hello there. Who is a horror journalist. Shaved headed, bearded man. Boy, I'm, I'm a piss poor attempt at all three of those things. <laughs> you do look pretty rugged today with your beard and your check shirt. Very lumberjacky. Uh, but it cancels it out with uh, your, your rosy wing. <laughs> we were in uh, an unnamed convenience store and decided that we were going to be classy tonight and drink wine. They didn't tell me that because I could have got myself some buckfast to go along with it. But I'm just That's why my, we didn't tell you that. I'm just sitting here with my cures. So, do you want some red wine? No, no. It's Cassiero del Diablo. Which yeah, the house of the devil. The devil's cellar. Is that what it means? Yeah. It's cool, isn't it? I thought it was the devil's wine. But does Blossom Hill mean? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the devil's jizz. <laughs> Uh, you might remember uh, Kieran from uh, an early episode uh, uh, I can't remember what number it was but it was the Ben Wheatley episode that we recorded in the pub uh, sadly there will be no one telling Liam to fuck off this time but um, well we might and there was that domestic <laughs> as well remember that's, 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 that's what I was talking about <laughs> that guy. Scott still convinced the guy who was shouting fuck off to me yeah I believe he was he fucking he wasn't nobody would dare do that but no, that sounded like a deal gone wrong but <laughs> <laughs> fuck you fuck you fuck you fuck everyone what movie are we starting with we, this episode we're going to be discussing two similar movies about a dystopian future or dystopian past when, depending when you figure out when it's set uh, Cherry 2000 and October Kid I think we should start with Cherry 2000 since it came out first but set last that makes sense? yes so Cherry 2000 I watched it today to be honest for the first time when I realised that I hadn't watched any of the movies for this yeah. episode because I just got me bored. <laughs> so excited about getting fucked up. I was, I was genuinely looking forward to the, the beers and the wine and the fun. My man would start off with Cherry 2000 being that futurist, futuristic house looks the business. But then when I kind of looked at it more, it just looked like it was inside like some kind of cave. My first thing that I picked up on was it's easily the most erotic scene, opening <laughs> scene that I've ever watched. I'm talking about Channel 5 porn levels, but without, without the, you know, the, the flesh. The dishwasher just keeps pulling bubbles out. As I've, I've heard here, I was like, are the bubbles from the sink representative of, of someone jizzing? <laughs> oh no, it's just so they can have a sexy phone party on the floor, but, but it still has jizz. Why, why didn't they just, like, before banging, reach over and just turn the dishwasher off? It would take literally... Well, see what the way I figured it because basically what what we find out the plot of this movie is that his wife is a model Cherry Two Thousand robot, um, so they start getting down and dirty in the foam on the floor and she short circuits because she's not waterproof very very quickly. Surely you would know that. Surely we think oh fuck no no we can't we need to get up and go to a bed or somewhere dry. If she's <laughs> not waterproof, how is he jizzing her tits in that? <laughs> <laughs> It's a good point. <laughs> How is he fucking? The robot? I'd be in fear that I'm going to get electric shocked like all the time. Imagine his dick goes out when she shot yeah. I don't. It wouldn't be fun at all. <coughs> also, what in the eighties version of the future? Like, because it's meant to be two thousand seventeen. Seventeen, exactly. Right Why now. is everything just technological excess? Why is it all that the computers are eighteen times bigger 
Like everything you're kitchen is controlled by a computer. That's what they thought would happen. But it's pretty, pretty yeah. damn close. That's it, it looks fucking nothing like Well, in a few months from now, Donald Trump will make that happen. You don't have flat screens in the f- these features. Maybe it's because they didn't have invented flat screens, so they couldn't have done that then. But, you know, the whole um, controlling your house with one, one object, like you've got your, your heating controlled by that, that hive, and you've also got the uh, Amazon Echo, is it? Yeah. That, that does controls everything in your house, so that's that's pretty accurate. Um, I want to ask a robot. I want to, well, I want to ask the question about this uh, unwaterproof robot. Do, so does it not rain in the future? Jezzing <laughs> uh, aside, <laughs> you know, yeah. outside. Did I actually explain how the the post apocalypse happened? No. Because uh, maybe it was a like, like ozone related. And there's um, a drought. Thing, there's but no... A drought, yeah. Or... Oh, that's maybe. So the, the robots didn't need to be waterproof. All right. That's uh, why you're here. <laughs> but I've also written that um, I bet he still fucked it after she had a meltdown. Well, but he paid for it, why not? <laughs> <laughs> you know, because the robot's still got to be exactly the same. I mean, it's probably still got to be like I squidgy and stuff. If so. your iPod broke, would you fuck it? Ooh. Well, if my... No, but that's, no. that's not the same... That's not the same thing. That's like saying, like, if your um, motorbike broke down, would you still freewheel it down the hill? Of course you would. Or if your motorbike broke down, would you fuck it? <laughs> <laughs> but it's built for fucking... I don't, I don't need a big exhaust to get my Right, here's a question for you. Um, he goes to some shop for, for robot parts or whatever, and the boy goes to show him all the models that he has in the back of the, the back of the store. They sit in some weird two-chair spinny machine thing that drives them round about the, the warehouse. What the fuck is that all about? I don't even remember that. It's just, it's just a wee box, and the two of them are Possibly. sitting on this box, but as they drive in, they're spinning like the waltzers to look at things, and like, that... There is no point to that. That is not a futuristic chair for two people. I thought it was really, really misogynistic. <laughs> like the whole movie, the fact that men think they can live in a future where the only women are either sex robots or prostitutes that use lawyers to bargain deals. See, I thought it was the opposite. I thought it was quite empowering to females because the really the only strong character in the film was like you know. Jerry Melanie no. Griffith. Uh, yeah, so it was like it was like a role reversal of the typical action hero you had in the 80s. Apart from her, there is no other like good women character. There's not really <laughs> any women characters though. <laughs> well there are there are the prostitutes with the lawyers. But and yeah. then there's the ones that they're fucking. I think well there's not really many good main characters either. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I that's one thing I did kinda like about it, because I thought it was like a kinda like I hope I don't piss off him to be making points about females now because <laughs> we're in 2017 and everybody's mm-hmm. really, really sensitive. <laughs> but no, I genuinely thought, right, for instance, like, the extreme lengths that he was going to, you know, like, he was like just mental when it came to, you know, relationships. They wanted his sex robot girlfriend, but I thought it was, in, like, the one strong character is the female, so I thought it was like a kind of, you know, the neurotic relationship person is the male, which is yeah. never really portrayed often in cinema. <laughs> you said it well. You said it well. What I thought is that hooker's well cool because she has Lawrence Fishburne. As a I was going to say, Big Lawrence Fishburne's in there. <laughs> but he's only in it for like two minutes. No, he's got a small part, but he's probably one of his first parts, I'd imagine. Um, but in the club that they that uh, Lawrence Fishburne's in there doing his thing, all the people in that club they really thought that face painting was going to be a big deal in two thousand seventeen, didn't they? They're always doing the post apocalyptic things like Mad Max. Yeah. So you're just going to dress up as a. A seventies punk. <laughs> There's also uh, the dystopian future always seems to have cowboys in it as well. It was like it was like such a weird like see like genre mashing movie. It's like they tried to throw a bit of everything in. Like you had like the classic old school southern western. Yeah. And then they just took them outside and it 
I, I don't think they've done it well. Like, I don't think they mix the genres in, like, a, a comical or a, a decent way. I was just like, oh, so now it's Wild West. So now it's fucking this, and I was quite bored with it. <laughs> I, I, th- I, th- I thought it was quite good. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was part of the charm. It, was, it wasn't perfect at all, but it was charming. I, at some point, they called some... She, she says, like, Earl, you chicken head. Why is chicken head an offensive phrase? What the fuck's a chicken head? Well, a fat man scoop tells you what a chicken head is. All the chicken heads <laughs> at the party! All the chicken heads make noise! That's not telling them what that is. That's well, telling you what it is. That's well, telling you to well, make noise. Well, clearly back in, like, 1987, which is 2017 then, but, like, you know, it was a really negative turn back in. Then Fat Man Skips came on <laughs> and he's empowered chicken heads and the way, it's like all the rage. The way that um, the black man uses calls people man because they used to get called boy when they were slaves and that's why we say man. Well, that's why they say man but we say it as well. Is but we don't really know what slavery is. I don't know what slavery is. I don't know what it is but I don't know if we... Let me try and dig myself out of this. So, um, I'm, I'm just, I don't really speak to many black people when it's not through a choice. I'm just getting none in my life and I, I spoke to a black, I met a black American in uh, Amsterdam and uh, he was I was saying how I really wanted to go to Texas and he said oh, I couldn't go to Texas I was like why he's like because it's the, the towns are so racist I was like what really so and he's like yes I was like I really didn't realise and that makes me sound it wasn't quite as, as naive as that for me but like genuinely speaking to a black guy who's experienced fucking mega racism I was like I didn't even think it was as bad as that because I'm so open minded to accept everyone in the world uh, I just thought everybody else should be as well we're pretty chill on it all but I suppose we are like just white men and don't really get anything like that. Yeah, to us, we don't really ha- get friends as it is we will take anything that comes <laughs> that comes it's like we don't even have white friends so we're trying to offend anyone <laughs> uh, what happens after this I've got he goes to he goes to the hotel and we see the first instance of Robert Zadar and his fucking <laughs> amazing outfit is that that photo yeah it's the photo yeah, yeah. yeah. He's wearing this weird leopard print shirt with these weird matching short short leopard print short shorts, some kind of weird neon tool belt and then a fedora hat and nothing else. <laughs> nothing else and the shirt's open. And it's not even there's not even a need for it to be there. It's weird that Fish actually came dressed as him. I know. It's like, you know these short shorts. But it were as we were saying earlier, this was like a year after Maniac Cup. So Zadar had like had a pretty, you know, popular role. It, mm-hmm. it, it did change the world or anything, but it was a you know a notable role mm-hmm. and then he was in Tango and Cash two years later so he was on the up I think it was maybe just one of those like Ryan Reynolds type of cameos that you know happens he just like Joe I'm still a bit of a laugh but I'm, <laughs> I'm gone places because <laughs> <laughs> I've got then why is she standing there waiting with her car so is he went to try to find somebody else to get a Cherry 2000 robot no yeah. he went to find he went to find her because she's Johnson she's the tracker that right. he was looking for but he didn't expect it it was be her because she's a bird I yeah. think. then he says no to her yeah, he goes to find someone her. else because yeah, he sees it's a bird and goes fuck that because <laughs> and she he, he didn't want to go to the, the wasteland right, so he went to get the other notable tracker who was like um, the cowboy uh-huh. and then like, they mugged him but so then <laughs> he, why is she just there with her car under a blanket waiting for a big unveil well I'm assuming that she maybe thought like, right this cowboy's a shady character and he's got I want him on the hard way though because it's a good life experience <laughs> but I really need this job because how many other people are going to wastelands to get robots for a morning <laughs> <Yeah>. minute and then they print robots so see when they go into the um, they go into the the wasteland that's a fucking world of, or even before the wasteland the zone 7 that is a world away from the office job he, he had before mm-hmm you know, it really changes from suit and tie at the weird recycling plant to fucking cowboy wasteland nothing. 
that that's now getting really good for me. I actually remember he's. Have you seen Highway to Hell? No, I don't think so. It's this like a uh, well movie. It's like a demonic police officer comes and kidnaps like a runaway well like it's this runaway couple, and the demonic police officer comes out kidnaps the virgin bride to take her to hell. So uh, her boyfriend what like, follows him in. And he's going through hell and the wasteland and this is a very similar to hell. Oh, really? In this movie, that's what what's quite reminiscent. I've seen like, every scene is just like this weird new set piece. To us, that sounds. Uh, it sounds like I would enjoy that more because right now I'm going through a kind of satanic phase. I just say black metal and like <laughs> just worshiping things. <laughs> and that sounds like I'd be more interested in that than a movie about a guy wanting to go get a robot so he can fuck it. Well, I'll admit Highway to Hell is so much better. Really? Like, but Highway to Hell is that's in my top five of all time. Really? That's how good it is. Like, oh, like you should buy that one because yeah. I, I make you buy shit all the time. <laughs> but I love it. You know, <laughs> But he's would like that, but it is quite similar to that. Mostly, I like it, so you know, because it's all like kind of desert landscapes. Yeah, yeah. But every new scene is quirky, to some extent. But that's what I thought it would make a perfect double bill with us. So they drive into the wasteland, uh, and it's going to take them forever long. They get to this, like some kind of I miss it. Who it is? I, th- I don't know if they're invading Les- this bad guy Lester's place yet, or or if, or what's happening. But somebody over a radio says they're driving in. Brad stop them. Well, then you cut to a scene where Brad's looking at he's got a fucking bazooka and Brad lets them drive right up up the driveway before they start trying to shoot them. And like, Brad, Brad could have ended this ages ago, but then later on in this scene, they do start firing the bazooka and nothing hits them. Uh, Johnson and the guys, uh, bazooka and Uzis, hit fucking Everton, but the bad guys are firing bazookas and nothing happens. That's a point I wanted to make. The bad guys in this film are the worst shooters ever. Right. It's like there was a scene with the crane... Yeah, the cars dangling from it. Every, there's about twelve guys with bazookas. <laughs> Fire bazookas. <laughs> they all miss, and they're just popping them all off with yeah. handguns. And it's like, uh, smoke machine flares coming up next to the car as if they're hitting something, but the car's still in one piece. Can we backtrack to what is that scene about? Because they drive up, and she's like, "Oh, we need to cross and like cross the water." They were at the, um, the Hoover Dam. So Aye, but then she says, oh, done is that what that was?" Aye, she's like, I've be. done this before, so the crane picks them up. Aye. Well, they said them. it was. They couldn't get across it otherwise. I think that's what it was because these like um, goons, whatever they were represented, that you know they basically blocked off. So like, they needed their crane to like get across, but the crane was all going to pick them up so they could fire bazookas. But also, if the crane picks them up, have you any idea the legislation that would need to be passed for you to go up to a crane driver and go, "Can you pick my car?" I think I think in a post-apocalyptic world of legislation, there won't even be a crane. Imagine the fuel. <laughs> Imagine the fuel a, cr- a crane that size they, uses. Um, they really should have thought their plan out because they must have known they were terrible shots and uh, um, putting them sort of a moving target in the air is probably worse than the crane really there. drops them in the water they're and they kind of jump away to escape, which then. Pushing them out there. I think it was a moral story. It's just like if you're going to go into a wasteland to get a sex robot, <laughs> you're going to need to take some chances and take <laughs> some risk, you know? Because love is all about risks. <laughs> I've learned that the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> Right, <laughs> I I've I've got um an idea. I've I thought that it's kind of like the female Mad Max. Uh-huh. It kind of is. That's what I was thinking as well because like they were making the fuss last year about um you know Furiosa. Uh-huh. She's like a kind of archetypical version of Furiosa from what thirty years ago. Yeah, that's I what I thought. That's what I figured. I like Furiosa though, and I like Mad Max. I so wasn't too keen on this because Furiosa it's just too. It's like Furiosa had charisma. Melody Griffiths, I thought she was good. She gave the film a really quite a cool off beat tone 
I thought that she was quite miscast. Yeah, she, yeah I, also, I, also, I also did question if she was a robot because her delivery was fucking awful. Yes, yeah. I was just thinking, imagine that was Pam Greer. That's, yeah. that'd have been perfect. Yeah, Pam Greer can play a robot. <laughs> disgusting class of 1999. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Favorite um, movie. But I also thought it's she's kind of like also a, a, an early prototype for uh, Lilo for Fifth Element as well. Yeah. Strong female character. In I a, prefer the red hair than Lilo's orange, orange hair. Mm. Nothing to do against strangers. I just prefer I the red hair. It's because hair. you're Catholic, isn't it? <laughs> what is that going to be? You don't like orange? Because I think um, Brian James had a cameo in this film. Was he not in the fifth element as well? well I don't know, but that'd be a good link, eh? Yeah, I think there was definitely. I remember just taking like notice some of the cast members. Aaron Williams in the fifth element, and I've not seen that film in years because I thought it was. I thought I it was harsh. It. <laughs> I rented it from the ice cream man when I was like six because they used to rent. Oh no, it was about how did you repay him? Here's here's a. Every episode would leave it starts to end with paedophile characters. <laughs> 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 no. I, I used to get a video and then not like, return it and then like a week later Matt, the ice cream man, would have to actually come to my door and be like, Liam got another video. <laughs> He's not giving us it back. <laughs> and mum's like, oh, what do we wait? No, it's okay. Every every fucking week was the exact same. I just Liam will <laughs> 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 I like how my childhood fucking... <laughs> Sexual <laughs> escapades. Do you remember the one that started it? <laughs> <laughs> it's the theme of the show. <laughs> Horrors in the backdrop. <laughs> right, so um, something happens when uh, and they get kind of knocked out and the guy wakes up in with a, a kind of Hawaiian shirt on like Miami Vice and he's next to his own pool with an old flame that he used to know who's changed their name and we find out that he is now in the company of Lester's gang. Uh-huh. Uh, who is the bad guy who's like you know, taking a shine to your guy they take him to dinner and we see uh, Robert Zadar's second amazing outfit where he's now wearing a matching blue shirt and matching blue shorts but he's now wearing a black jumper and a black leggings underneath the shorts face so, and a black fedora did they just like say like you're a star from media can't just come out of this film and wear like outfits and a couple he's of also about 7 feet tall so they would have had to specially make these outfits for him <laughs> do you think he was maybe meant to be Lester but because he couldn't like speak or act, they just <laughs> dressed him up so, and just stood on there. I don't know. Does he didn't even have a line? Does he does no, have any just, lines in mini cut? No, he just, just he's a lot of physical acting. Yeah. And that he doesn't even have this. But interestingly, Lester was played by um Tim Thomerson from Transfers in Near Dark. Oh yeah. You, you ever seen Transfers? I've seen Near Dark, I've yeah. never seen Transfers. Transfers is it's a decent series, it's from filming. Right. The first one is brilliant. The rest are insufferable, entertaining horseshit. I, I, <laughs> I bought a lot of filming DVDs a few weeks ago, like Doctor Alien and oh, yeah. stuff like that, and they are brilliant. Oh, <laughs> filming is my favourite film company ever. Uh, so this was a this was one of the highlights for me. It was really good, but it was like it was like a cross between like Dolph Ziggler and Flash Gordon. <laughs> Scott won't get that reference because he doesn't like wrestling. I don't, but I know what Flash Gordon is. <laughs> uh, so you get a scene where Lester's kind of caught this kind of weird wee guy who's on Mocket where he flips sunglasses and I can't remember what he done wrong but he's done something wrong at Lester's group he wore flip sunglasses <laughs> and, and they make him put on a bag with a target on it to which then Lester goes to shoot him and changes his mind and arrows him in the face and I thought that scene was really quite intense usually in movies you don't really get to know characters that well uh, so you don't feel like like a sense of loss or in when, when, when characters die or fear or anything like what I always feel watching Dawn of the Dead when Flyboy gets killed it doesn't even bother me I, I don't feel like oh shit the way that 
I know you hate it, but The Walking Dead, when characters get killed in that, you've you've come to love. I'm like properly like heart going and thinking, shit, I can't believe they're dead. <laughs> but in this movie, when that scene was was gearing up, I thought if we were our main character, I was like, I could feel this is a scary situation to be sitting in. When this mental case is just target practice in folks' faces. <laughs> so if I was watching The Walking Dead, I just want everybody to die so the show would end. Because <laughs> <laughs> back, it's good. in fact, you know what? When this episode airs. Walking Dead will already be back for two weeks. <laughs> it just comes back as one episode. He's just a bomb. No. Everything's black for the full 40 minutes and then that's it. It's but, over. You should go suck some dicks because when the world ends, I'll be fucking prepared and you will not know what to well, do. Well, you won't. You'll spend all your time watching The Walking <laughs> Dead rather than learning how to actually like, like arm yourself and but, attack. But, no, you do make a good point because the film is like, it's got some what, really dramatic tonal yeah. shifts. Which is, what, well, it is just a, the whole film is a mishmash. But I thought it worked. I thought I do think they executed them at what the right times, but you know apart from the daft, you know deaths where people are getting shot with handguns because they're too shit at shooting bazookas, so they deserve to die anyway in a sense, you know. But apart from that, you know it does something pretty hard hitting moments. Yeah. How did they get those bazookas? Even like regular guerrilla armies can get I've, access to I've that heavy weapon. No, everybody has a bazooka. It must be cheap to make in two thousand seventeen. Well, you, you, in the world ends, you just you just collect stuff. Like there's a there was a picture on. Where did somewhere. you go to collect bazookas? In America, anywhere. There was a picture I seen of, of of a hillbilly standing in front of a sign that he's painted on the side of his house as he's posing with an automatic rifle. Where he's written the sign, "This house doesn't call nine one one." In America, right now, like your school kids can buy bazookas. Yeah, that's true. It's like you want to defend yourself from the next shooter. Get a bazooka. <laughs> Sorry, <though. laughs> That's a good advert. <laughs> we're, we're coming up to um, my favourite line in this movie, and it's after he, he kills the guy with the, with the bow and arrow. I think uh, our main character uh, escapes by this point, and they're going to chase after him. And the girl who's the our main character, I forget his name, I don't know what his name is, it's his old flame that he makes by the poolside a, a couple of scenes ago. And He's also a sex robot. Lester, <laughs> says to her, Lester says to her, have the girls fix some sandwiches. And I thought, <laughs> You know, that's exactly what you want the girls to do. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they're best at. Yeah, she has also a sex robot. No, she's not yeah. a robot. I think that line was really intense as well. I don't think she's a robot, no. But she constantly, even when Lester dies at the end, she just wants to make sandwiches. But so she's the version that they've shown. Oh, yeah, maybe. Like oh, right, maybe. I think that line was really intense as well. So it reinforced the point that they are playing with like gender politics quite yeah. a lot in this film. So, you know, that is probably a line, you know, typical male like, sexism. Yeah. But it's kind of, at the same time, it plays against like, what's actually happening between like the main character and like you know the strong female action hero, which I thought I, I thought that was like really what the film was going for. See, I see it more as it's even more misogynistic because they do that line, and that is mm. the way the guys feel. But yeah, but I think that's what it's maybe trying to say. Maybe this is like a commentary on how like, this is action cinema has been perceived to this point. You know, it's macho. Like, women are always second downgraded yeah. whereas like the main story art in this film is like the female is she is the she's leading the way she's the strongest character there yeah so I think that's what that was going for there see if they they invent proper robots that uh, guys can fuck <laughs> <laughs> how, how long before STDs are wiped out mm. no but you'll get like malware <laughs> you malware in your willy robot STDs <laughs> it's like I mean malware bites is not good unless you get malware bites for the willy <laughs> and it, it's going that way that we're becoming more and more like us and technology are kind of going hand in hand so what's to say you don't get a disease 
on your dick like a robot that actually you... like drains the money out your bank account <laughs> every time you try fuck your PayPal just empties because it's all yeah because eventually your chip and pin's going to be like in your wrist or yeah. something and you'll just beep it that so way so if you could come out there it just fucking steals all your money I'd, I'd be happy with that see if the robot was just programmed to say mid I care about you <laughs> <laughs> that is a sad freak that's all you need it's like it's like you don't want to see you again <laughs> So you would you would happily pay all your money for a girl to tell you she'll see you again. Mm. Yep. <laughs> That's all men are looking for. They just want to be desired. I I want to feel desired. I want to feel mighty. <laughs> <laughs> but but I'm a premature ejaculator and I'm terrible. In <laughs> so that's why it used to be a, a robot. <laughs> so like, even the robot would just be uh, uh, logic would happen right then. And I don't I, I know I've been programmed. To act a certain way, but even I know this is fucking terrible. Right, <laughs> 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 so we, um, I don't know how much is left in this movie, but basically they find a fucking aeroplane from somewhere and they try and escape, so which they, they get it from the old guy and yeah. his possible sex robot, or yeah. just in the day. Or sex young girl. And that old guy's um, Harry Carey Jr. What Western actor legend from the Searchers and Tombstone? And I would agree. Yeah, I, go, I don't know. That would agree. Probably it's true, but I, I would. I would say he looked like he should have been an old Western. His acting is not the best because when she gets her head blown off later, he doesn't. He doesn't flinch. He doesn't care. But oh, you know, his best days were behind him. He's thinking he's doing this one for the money. <laughs> um, <laughs> At said then he put me in a funny outfit. <laughs> they find a uh, they find a Cherry Two Thousand model and he puts the chip in her. To which she wakes up and becomes an insufferable pain in the ass instantly and in the situation they're in trying to escape from gunfire she is just getting in the fucking way I noticed though like throughout the course of the film he's obviously fell in love with like you know Melanie Griffith's Johnson, character Johnson. but so see when the robot woke up you could just tell that's when you could tell she was a robot and they'd realise that this is inhumane yeah. that you could tell then like, he obviously he's winch I probably still fucked it. I I mean you would have anyway. He went all that way for a robot, but that that's the moment you could. I think that's when the love. St- it was it was kind of like a rom com. It was <laughs> like well, they tried to they tried to run away, and um, they get in the plane and then they take off with the, him and the robot take off and he decides no wait this isn't right that's really and he obviously makes a decision and comes back to get Johnson, but then when he comes back to tell Johnson he's come back for a, they just leave Cherry plugged in and alive they should at least take a chip out. I know, like, she's got a surface, she says, go get me a Pepsi. And she just goes out, like, you know, I'll go get you your Pepsi. But what I didn't get was, like, seeing he goes back for Melanie Griffith. It's like, he just goes back from, he's casually just fucked off in the plane with his yeah. robot. And then he's just come back, he's like, hop in. Yeah. And she gets in. It's like, see, I was in the middle of a gunfight. <laughs> so, like, the, the cunt with the aeroplane, like, fucked off on me. They just come back that casual. I'd crash the plane and kill his butt. I know he leaves him in such a, such a fucking precarious situation. But I see when he's flying away the first time with, with the robot, I'm like, fucking ditch the robot. That love ain't real. Johnson will suck your Johnson and she'll mean it. Also, that's why I seen the scene where they nearly get jiggy with it. No, 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 no. Like, there was henchmen that showed up. So just as soon as they get their act together and decide we're not going to do it in the body of this month, <coughs> some henchmen show up. So I actually, right there, I thought, you should never have sex because you never know when there's got to be, like, shooters. <laughs> Straight away, sometimes. <laughs> I mean, just think, just like, the, the wildness of the world is no different from the comfort of your home. So you could be getting jiggy with it somewhere you think's safe and you don't know who's coming out of your house to kill you. That's the <laughs> jail, I think. <laughs> 
But I don't need to worry because I've got nothing to look forward to. So. <laughs> what, what I got from it was before the end of the world, should we all be getting airplane licenses? Because he flew. Oh, you should know how to like pilot any vehicle. Yeah. Pro. If we're at the end of the world and they put us in an airplane, we're getting nowhere. We're just going to just stay fucking robot. You're getting nowhere. I'm prepped. Oh, so you can fly a plane? I can I've, fly. I've been in your car. You can hardly fucking drive. I can drive. I just can't park it unless there's a space on the side. It's That's only for fear of getting scratched by other cars. So basically, um, <laughs> that is... The main the guy, did you think he looked like Shawn Michaels, but with really short hair? <laughs> he's got the kind of cross-eyed look of Shawn Michaels. It's like, it's weird. I forgot what his name is, but I mean, as long as he's MDB, all he's done after this is show up in what like, major blockbusters is like, Army general, <laughs> <laughs> or at parties as a Shawn Michaels look like. <laughs> I thought he reminded me of uh, Jesse from Nightmare on Elm Street too. Yes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. actually, um, he was in the first Nightmare on Elm Street. Was he really? Yeah, bit and what, just a cameo. Yeah. Well, I got to the end of this and I thought, why have I wasted time watching this? Because the point of the movie is he goes into the wasteland, gets a robot, he gets the robot. And then he decides that he doesn't want her because she's a robot. But he finds true love. Leaves her he finds true love. That's, the, that's the same story in every found, movie that's ever been made. He could have found true love without going out of the wasteland. I mean, he didn't know that that's what he was looking for. But, like, but, like, if it, yeah, it's like the traditional rom-com where you love happens when you least expect it. Yeah, I watched 27 Dresses last night and it's the exact same fucking story. <laughs> James Masters was right there for Catherine Heigl to get for the start but she just couldn't see it. People but have she died. She was a right cunt on set as well. <laughs> <laughs> People have died Lives have been endangered for this guy to find this sex robot. The least he could do is take it home. He left it for... He left it for... He left it for Robert Zadari. Like, to destroy it. Like, like, I, but what, what, if he doesn't, what if he doesn't like Pepsi? She's now programmed that she has to find a Pepsi. They only drink Coke. She's going to get killed. So she maybe she'd probably get programmed to like, pick out clothes for Robert Zadar Because he needs that. <laughs> I've, I've thought that this the movie was good. But it, 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 did, it was quite long. So I gave it uh, seven Robert Zadar outfits out of ten. I'd give it a f- four. I just I didn't care for it. I'd give it, s- what, seven misfire bazookas out of ten. <laughs> because it had it, it, some dull points, but I thought it had it all inventive ideas and it was charming. You know, I liked it. It made me feel good about myself. It made me think that maybe there's love out there. <laughs> and maybe I just need to... Go to the darkest places to find it. (laughs) (laughs) So so I logged out of the dark web. (laughs) Hi all you teenage comet zombies. This is Kelly Maroney and you're listening to Scott and Liam versus Evil. So we'll then move on to Turbo Kids from 2015. But I don't own it. Brilliant. I want to own it. You don't own it? No. Because remember at Fright Fest when they were giving them away for free and I didn't get it, I get fucking Supernatural Season 9 and some oh. sh- fucking anime Can't stuff. say that because I'm going to put that in the free giveaway. I know, that's right. You're going to get Supernatural it. looks brilliant. Season 9! really want the box set. But they had Turbo Kids and I missed, I missed Turbo Kids. I was so upset. So like the first year I went to Fright Fest, they gave me a free Colors DVD. That was pretty good. Really? And then Grim Season 2. So I got the balance of <laughs> <in> the <shape. laughs> To be fair though, at the time I didn't know what Turbo Kid was. You just told me it was good. I'd never seen it. And yeah, I think I heard from you yeah. that it was good. And then I got it on Netflix, and I was like, "This is the fucking business." That isn't a video podcast. So Scott th- heard it from me, and I heard it from Fish. Just in case that wasn't clear. <laughs> I heard it through the grapevine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it starts with an eighties power ballad. Yep. It's fucking brilliant. Anything that starts with an eighties power ballad. Also, I'm going to enjoy. Yep, I've written soundtrack plus plus plus. Yeah, it was also um, originates from um, 
Tears for Turbo from the ABCs of Death. What, what I it? told you that. Oh what? yeah, that's right. And I, thought, I wanted to go back and have a look at that again. Pretty inconsistent film, but yeah. I, I think it's got a lot of decent shorts. Because you can't really predict with an anthology, not everyone's got to be a bit of hit. And that's twenty six shorts. You yeah, know, that's not even. It's like and that was definitely one of the good ones. Is that the one with the the ones about the Chinese guys who are not allowed to orgasm? Is that, in, is that Yeah. Yeah, that was. So is, that, that, there was is, also, that, is that is that C that, for Chinese who can't orgasm? Is that Z for Zygot? Uh, I have no idea. That and what's the one ABC's a day too when there's the weird fucking animated thing where the the wee maggot body and stuff goes inside its own head and things like that? I've only watched a couple of shorts. Oh, right? because, it's crazy. I decided after ABC's of Death went, I'm all got to watch the specific shorts on YouTube that yeah. actually get all the praise. Because I thought that about Southbound at Fright Fest last year. I wasn't keen on it. There was People like one story. People fucking rave on Southbound See the poster where it's like the, the skeleton kind of makes up the map. The poster's so cool and would make me want to watch it. But the actual movies get like one, maybe two at a push, bits that I liked. The rest of it I thought was shit. I thought, but all the, all the movies at Fright Fest, I look back at them with, with fond memories because it was like our first Fright Fest and, and I, I liked the idea of them all because of that so but as soon as I can find a, a copy patchwork because I think it comes out this year at some point I'm fucking getting all over it but um, I, was, I was like fucking Rick and Morty there that part wasn't it um, but uh, I found Executioners when I was looking for stuff for the giveaway and I was like oh I, I've got four memories of this even though it was absolute fucking horse shit but I was going to buy it for the giveaway but it was £3 and I thought I'm going to fucking spend it <laughs> it's not worth £3 it's not worth £3 at all Hexacutioners I actually pretty enjoyed slightly did you see Hexacutioners or yeah. is that the one you missed because you were in the bath that's <laughs> <laughs> right you didn't turn up for fucking ages <laughs> no, no that was the Saturday yeah, yeah it was I like showed, I, fest, you I didn't turn up because you were in the bath <laughs> I missed them. Um, I missed the wave because I'd yeah, already watched well, the screener we, we all missed the wave but like, the wave was see how all the films are that weekend the wave is where the bear really it's like, good I'm, it's okay, incredible a lot of these movies are turn up on like Sky Premium and stuff and I'm, and I'm watching them Cell was just coming obviously Cell was pulled Cell shit but the wave is like, it's like geez like disaster movies at all yeah. some of them are like they're really really over the top now I love those yeah. like, I, I, I really love like you know end the, of the world disaster uh, movies because yeah, they need to be fucking prepped it could happen it's like the Dwayne Johnson one that was at San Andreas yeah, that was great I love that but the wave is more realistic this is like this is a community full of families which you know the characters fucking crushes them yeah <laughs> It's hard then. Quite arousing. It's from the same guy that done Cold Prey as well. Right. That, right. See, I, I got Cold Prey before Fright Fest because I was excited for the wave, but I can't remember why we missed it. Whether I didn't wake up in time or... Uh, I think, yeah, I think it was just afraid. Afraid. And I think because it was first because I think we were late because the one we missed, we missed the Tony Yeah one because we see, went to the pub. But, yeah. um, I missed that one as well and then I watched it a few months ago. Is it good? Is it good? It's incredible. Yeah. That's why I don't want to miss a thing. We made bad week. decisions then last year. We should just take a carry straight in next year. And just mm. That's it. Me and Fish were talking about for this year's Fright Fest, we'll, on the Saturday night, maybe start drinking about six, seven... So then, by the end of it, we're actually what, still go out. Maybe go to the cat house or go somewhere. Because if we start drinking at 11... No, no, that's just silly. (laughs) 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 We can't handle that at this age. But yeah, that Tony Yawan's incredible. But every film this year looks great. There was some last year I'm thinking, eh, on paper, it's maybe good. I want to get a chance because I've got a good track record. The point is to go be open-minded and give new films a chance. But every single film this year, I think, looks intriguing. Yeah. I, I watched all the trailers and I, I absolutely agree. And one of the ones that I was interested in watching was Patient Zero, only because Stanley, Stanley Tucci was in it. And then they pulled that. For Raw. Raw in. And I was like, oh, <laughs> fucking yes! I was like, I'd be watching that trailer. Like, it's like, I was like, cannot wait. They've taken away a good film 
for one of the most highly anticipated <laughs> controversial films of the year. So it makes I you wonder why that wasn't in, in the in first, first place. place. Yeah. Uh, maybe just like got maybe just the rights to show it here. Yeah. I just can't the, wait for Shin Godzilla. Uh, which I wasn't looking forward to at all but then I watched the chili for it as well and I'm thinking actually right and actually you know what I watched this week Um, sorry we're we're completely missing out Turbo Kid here but I watched um, (laughs) 1998's Godzilla it's fucking brilliant isn't it it was on the telly when I was night shift when I was actually watching movies for this for this episode and they and I was like, I was like, what's that begins? And I saw Matthew Broderick get pulled into an office. I was like, is this War Games? No, he's too old. And then I was like, ah, oh, it's what it's excellent, isn't it? It's, it's a fun movie. The graphics do not hold up whatsoever. It's a nineties movie. Um, Godzilla looks like a strange shape. See, the soundtrack's brilliant. Is it Jamiroquai and Cashmere? <laughs> <laughs> it's so see, weird. this is the way. I mean, I'm well. You are on my Facebook. You see how much I post about Godzilla. <laughs> but wait, Godzilla is my boy. <laughs> you know, Godzilla's in my boy. It's like Godzilla is generally the only thing I've got left that makes me happy. Okay, but, <laughs> but Godzilla won't cuddle you at night. Godzilla won't cuddle you at night. I wish, it, to see you I wish he'd claw me to death. But, <laughs> but no, I'm generally thinking like Godzilla fans hate Godzilla now, yet. But I can see you I mean if you're attached to a movie it's hard to maybe like if you're attached to a character it's hard to distance yourself from the remake or whatever. Yeah. I've never felt that I take every single movie I see just as something. Well, yeah, me too but, as well. Like if they make a sequel that I don't like or a remake that I don't like, I'm aware that the original still exists. I don't need to bother. Yeah. I, just, I just ignore the. Yeah. I don't like it. Why American Godzilla is just a fun monster movie. Yeah. It's like a t- perfect Sunday afternoon or midweek <coughs> night on the tail end. Yeah. Got to keep you entertained for two hours. Like the the Universal Monsters Invisible Man's one of my favorite movies like of all time. And then Hollow Man, Kevin Bacon. <laughs> I also think he's fucking brilliant. So I, I think Hollow Man. It's so good. Why would you do if you were invisible? Rape everybody. I mean, I mean, rob a bank. I used to think about this right, see when I was 11. I used to think, see if I was invisible, I'd just stand in the female changing rooms. But, but no, then what I thought was, see after I what, watched Smallville. Watching Lassies I, in the news. I, I would bar Tom Welling. <laughs> <laughs> See, I've always thought for years and years and it's actually been about a kind of sex dream I used to have a, a friend I'm not going to say his name but his mum was a fucking babe like his mum was the milf of all milfs American Pie like Stifler's mum mm. this was her and she used to come out like tight white tops and she remember like spilt some water on it in the kitchen and you were like oh my god I've only just learned to masturbate but you have no idea what's going to happen tonight and I always thought if I did I would like go into his house like to like see him and turn myself invisible and then just like hide in a cupboard until she was getting ready for bed <laughs> I didn't want to do anything to her because I was still quite young just want to masturbate in a cupboard yeah it was great but the same watch you stayed in your head until you got older and then you thought well, I can come out of this cupboard now I can actually do I it I can approach I'm naked I'm naked no, <laughs> I'm invisible but I'm still naked uh, you know so I I had a story in work today about uh, Mills and basically um, a, a woman at work sister phoned her uh, or they escaped because I think they live quite far away and um, her mum was uh, with her sister on the phone she, she says here, mum, tell um, my sister what about the milf, and this girl's like, what? This girl is, this girl's hilarious, but the, she's like no f- extremes. Like her chats, just like she's absolutely bonkers. <laughs> Before I came out tonight, we we're talking about Serbian film, and uh, I, so I recommended Baskin to her. She's like, well, I'm gonna check that out. She loves our, our really obscure bonkers movies and um, gift masks and everything else. The very many guinea pig. That's one. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, so she's thinking, fuck. But she's thinking, my mum's dead. 
proper and stuff. So what she talked about asking the milk. Well, apparently, the mum had sat down with her uh, her brother in law. So sat down with her son in law and says, "I I bet you think I'm a milf, don't you?" And the boys are, like, eh? um, uh, he doesn't know what to do. <laughs> what to look and he says, well, uh, what, what do you think that means?" And she goes, "Mother mother in law from hell." It's like. <laughs> No, no, that is not what it means at all. <laughs> but that doesn't even make sense because it would be a milf. No, yeah, I know, I know, I know. But that's the story that, that it yeah. takes. A, it takes a bigger man to stand up and go, "Yeah, you're a milf." <laughs> I know. <laughs> what you saying that? <laughs> fucking fuck yeah, dude. That, fuck yeah, both at the same see, time. Let's go. That that would be a great horror comedy, milf from hell. It's like some guy like um. He kills his pal's mum because like his cum shots made out of acid. <laughs> right, and then, <laughs> then like you know, she comes back and just starts like going to piss parties and, and embarrassing and, the and children and, and telling really embarrassing stories about their childhood. <laughs> so they all just go to the loft and then get a Ouija board because you're guy fucking on modern yeah. trends and then they summon Jigsaw face up. And it's all <laughs> film, it's all film tantal. <laughs> The so Turbo Kid. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's pull back to Turbo Kid. However, I want to say that um, just getting like p- p- three years proper drinking, just fucking talk shite for an hour, would probably be an amazing podcast. If that's what's going on. If you're listening, that's what you think. And we just said was it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you if you're actually still listening to this point, then uh, fair, fair play. What I'm right. worried about is that we've lost all pronunciation again. We've uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Scotland. This is the said he did a complete Highland ruggedness and. Sounds like we're going to march from Cumbria. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's pull it back to Turbo Kid and I'll try and remember to enunciate uh, it. The, the beer has taken hold, but we're on it. So, right here, I've got a, co- a cool theory to start, right? So, Turbo Kid was set in 1997. Their wasteland could be like Zone 7, 20 years before Cherry 2000. Could it be the same universe? No. Because, well, why? Turbo Kid's good and Cherry 2000 is <laughs> shit. It's about realistic females, female robots. It's an interesting theory though because With cowboys because, and wasteland Because I don't know if we picked these movies coincidentally Because I just agreed to come on And you sort of already decided <laughs> But but um, like the two female like um, It reminded me Well actually because the female robot in Turbo Kid Reminded me of the human character in Cherry I did pick the, both these movies on purpose by the way I did. That's why I picked both of them together yeah, it, was all, it was all on Scott I forgot I had to actually watch them till this morning <laughs> uh, The robot from Turbo Kid is she hot? Yes. Oh, fucking yes. I thought yeah. she's, she's not just hot, she's like wifey material. It's, it's, but is she? It's, she's, she's kind of weird. You she's kind of obscure. It's, I've actually written, let me just, uh, let me through, um, through my notes because I definitely have written something about specifically that. Now, basically what I've written as my note is uh, Apple's character is awesome. That lassie's cheeks must be knackered because she's smiling the whole way. But I, what I wanted to write was the character is fucking is wife material. Uh, character is so see, awesome. See, for me as a man, right, she's what I want, maybe if I ever find a partner that will keep me around. <laughs> <laughs> right, I, I want somebody that's a good human being, even though she's a robot, and I'll take a robot. Fucking <laughs> 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 invent sex robots, god damn it! You know, want to fuck robots! It's like, I, I don't really like, you know, conventionally, like, you know, super beautiful. I, I, I like it somebody that looks kind of human beautiful. Not, yeah. not like you know too done up or that I think she's got that and she's got the quirky personality and she's genuinely sweet to me that is perfect she, yeah. she's got all that but there is also a point where you think if you go out a night out with your friends there's a good chance she won't come back like she'll be away for months doing something that she thinks is fun like heroin 
<laughs> right, right. And then she's just going to live her life because she's so quirky. Like she just like sees the next thing. Oh look, so, that. And in, like, in the movie, right. she fights. She fight, or She goes so, back to her old best friend, and he's dead. And he's like, she's like, oh well, see. I'm going with him now. I'll see you see, after. It's see, kind of like, see if I found. See if the girl I was dead. See if I found her in a playground with a dead guy. I I'd stop going out. No, as often because I think maybe she's too adventurous for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I fuck a dead guy. So I need, need to get her into some coronation street or something. Just I thought. Um, <laughs> I don't think that that scene where she says goodbye to the dead guy and then goes on him is it's kind of like uh, Red Dwarf when they first meet Crichton. Um, it was played by uh, David Ross, and uh, he's like in the no- the ship the Nova Five, and his crew are all dead, but he's still talking to them as if they're normal. Which yeah. is then I, really, I, I genuinely thought you have been fucking Red Dwarf heads and been like fucking oh yeah I know that episode I know that scene well, hey, well done Scott right. I, I hate the scouse so <laughs> oh, right, <laughs> we met the cat and yeah. uh, Milton Keynes and you spoke to him I stood yeah. in the middle of a really awkward fight he was having with the, the workers at Showmasters yeah because he wanted to go for like a pint <laughs> no that was uh, that was uh, the boy for Dog Soldiers that was Wuzzle Gummidge's son oh <laughs> what's uh, Dog Soldiers what's his name um, he looks like Jared Butler, but he's not. <laughs> he's talking about Sean Pertwee. Sean Pertwee. Um, so he was he was he wanted booze and Liam gave him my my, my booze because I was in the queue for cat. It was next to him, Danny John Jules. Danny John Jules. Sean Pertwee is now my best friend. Danny John mm-hmm. Jules. He says, where, "Where did you get the beer?" And we're at the bar up there, and he's looking about to see who can send to the bar. And Liam's holding my drink because I was going to try and get uh, the cat's autograph. He's like, "Here, have this one." <laughs> and gave him. I was like, "Oh, no, cheers." <laughs> I walked up to the cat's table who there was nobody at. He stands up and he does the star newspaper under his arm. He's shouting at the woman who works for Showmasters because she's saying that you're turning up at like show, like um, Collector Mania like 6 in like Brighton next week. And he's like, no, I'm not. Who said that? I'm filming uh, Death in Paradise in fucking Hawaii like, or whenever, wherever they film it. And I'm just standing there, I've lit out the front of the queue, kind of half smiling, half laughing at stuff he's saying, thinking, I'm, I'm, I'm involved in this. And I'm like, wait. And I was like, he's fucking really angry. I'm like, this is getting a wee bit awkward for me I'm just standing there they're standing like two feet behind like three or four feet behind me just standing thinking probably what the fuck is Scott doing got to hurry up because this is the end of the day and, uh, actually me and Sean Pertwee were fist banging <laughs> just talking bro you stuff you fist banged Sean Pertwee yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fist bumped him no you fist banged him I thought it was quite awkward um, but I don't know the cat was actually pretty cool but it's not as bad as the time that I met Crichton in Glasgow <laughs> I don't know what This I is have. the fucking worst though It's not even embarrassing This is just stupid in my part <laughs> All the way in the queue I'm trying to look at his signs And see what it says Because he's wrote three Non-fiction books And Who, one autobiography again? Uh, the, Robert Llewellyn The guy for his Challenge Yeah the robot right. uh, He's wrote three non-fiction books And an autobiography Which are all on his table And there's something on the back Saying £15 for an autograph Like on a picture Which is pretty standard It's what I expected to pay When I went The only reason I went to this one Was to meet him Because I want to meet All four guys eventually On another board it says Buy a book for £15, get a signed up picture free. So that's obviously what everybody's doing. I get to the front, pick up the, the signed picture first and put down, and give the guy, sit like he's working next to him, give him the £15 and say, make it out to Scott. And I can, I'm, in my head, I'm thinking, no, you pick up a fucking book. You picked up a book, what are you doing? And he looks at me as if, why the fuck you don't pick up a book? And I'm like, and I, I essentially told him, I don't give a fuck what you've wrote. <laughs> Just signed the picture. And I walked away. I literally walked away. I'd been talking in the queue to Lauren the whole way down the queue. Oh, I'm cool. I'm going to get a book in this. This is going to be pretty good. We were going to Tenerife like, the, the, like three or four days later. I could have read it on my holiday. And then I swear to God, got to the end and walked out. And I was like, did I get a fucking book? <laughs> I panicked when I got to the front. I just didn't do it. She's like, do you want me to go back? I was like, no. Don't be missing you, Robert Llewellyn. Let's just go. I've done it. I'm fucking shattered now. I think unless your holiday was 
like eight months somewhere and the book was like five pages you could not read that book on holiday because oh my god Scott no. tried to read Doctor Sleep and it's no. been two years see when there's nobody see when there's no distractions like TV or Facebook or anything friends yeah or, yeah friends I, mm. I can read see on that actual holiday on the last day we went to the the book exchange part and found the the English books and I picked up a James Patterson book and read it in one day no fucking joke a whole novel did you call day. in the pictures No, as well? I don't know. A whole fucking novel in one day. So honestly, we are digressing so much. See, that's why I'd love to go on holiday. See, I'd just be too busy running around getting fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> that's a quote from the girl, by the way. Because I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it in that exciting holiday. Turbo Kids. Turbo Kids is so fucking awesome. I feel as if we're not really going to be able to discuss it. Why don't you think that's an extended special episode until we finish the line? This is the best hilarity we've ever had. Right. What, what we've got a guest here, and I'm a pretty big deal in the horror community. <laughs> <laughs> and you were a pretty big deal until this. I was a pretty community. big deal. Turbo Kid, pretty much, you, you get to look at the, the poster and you get to look at the idea. It might look as if it's maybe like a PG movie, but pretty quickly you find out that it is that it is not safe it's for kids. OTT. You get heads and sticks and it raises the bar and it's not a kid's film instantly. Right, I've got a question for you guys. What would your steampunk end of the world outfit be? Because a I, I was, in a Robocop. I would say <laughs> <laughs> we said yeah, a steampunk future outfit, not your. Oh wait, outfit. Uh, well, steam, steampunk not the outfit I wear with my aunt when we make love. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but but steampunk because steampunk incorporates all eras. I would be a Jack the Ripper hat, um, an Egyptian bandage on my face. Um, Nicola man. Uh, maybe like a Superman suit, but we know like Superman symbol he's a dick. And um the, a thong. <laughs> Cause I feel all I've got to off this while right now is my my cheeky new cheeks. <laughs> I I would wear exactly what I wear in general. My vest, my denim vest with the patches, a pair of ripped jeans, probably some sort of hat. And face paint. Because there's actually one party I went to with Lena at our grand's party. He said, you're actually dressed up like somebody from Mad Max. I'm not. <laughs> this is my outfit. I'm a future punk witch. <laughs> I just get dressed as the Ascension. Watch wrestling, you'll get that. <laughs> I, I, enjoy, I enjoy having uh, black painted nails. That's always fun. But <laughs> if it... If, if my st- <laughs> steampunk... My steampunk end of the world outfit... I would just go full cow- cowboy like uh, uh, the, the the hero in this movie or the secondary hero in this movie. I know, but then you're outdated. But No, but it's a, it's, a, it's a cycle. It all comes back relevant. I like if it was a steampunk world or where everybody was going to be dressed quite futuristic, it'd be cool to be like the one cowboy there. Yeah. Because that's what steampunk's all about. Full cowboy. Like, I want cowboy boots, but I'll go full cowboy. So I, I didn't even Right down in the wee uh, thin cigars that he smokes, that uh, Clint Eastwood smokes as well in Fistful of Dollars. I'd, I'd, be like, I'd be like Kenny Omega. <laughs> I'd be like Japan Ken- World. Termi- Terminator Kenny Omega. Ter- Terminator Kenny Omega. <laughs> um, basically, the minutes when we meet the cowboy, he's like in a. Uh, he's, he, they show that he's really good at arm wrestling. Again, it's like a Mad Max style world. Uh, water is scarce, and uh, Michael Ironside runs the place that, that, that controls all the water. And if you don't go with his rules, trade all your shit, then you're fucked up. The guy comes out to speak to the cowboy and my quote here is, he's like talking about, uh, I don't think it's a funny quote, it's his bubble and he's like, 
my motherfucking comfort zone. I'm like, I don't like anybody in my motherfucking comfort zone. <laughs> Especially when the guy goes to piss next to him and he pushes him like an arm length. That should be standard that practice. Also, yeah. The many times I've tried to piss somewhere and someone has came right next to me, my bladder just stops. I do a lot of time to masturbate next to you. I looked it up, it's called uh, pan, 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 paneneuricism, and um, basically there's, you need to try and help yourself, and you need to sit yourself over and over, I can pee at a urinal, I can pee at a urinal, that's what I tell myself, it doesn't work. I, I like to look at other guys, <laughs> <laughs> I like to look at other guys' wings, just to see if they're bigger than me. You're the reason I can't pee at a urinal! <laughs> and they always are, they are, because in all honesty, they know, like, not even for the sake of comedy, my penis isn't big. I do think it is uncalled for when there's a free urinal seat and there's that urinal in between if somebody... Oh yeah, there's urinal etiquette. Oh, I wonder how I'm saying Like, because I, I will tug them. Tweak! <laughs> 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 it's like you stand next to me like, he's a wee, he's a wee tuggy. We went, to the, we went to the Super Bowl the other night there on uh, campus and Brendan shows a picture of his friend. Well, was that the game was? Brendan showed us a picture of his friend in the nude and that guy's penis is like twice as oh, big a, soft as mine it was hard. easily that it was his knee but it might it was obviously it was, that, it was that long and fatty cream his balls it was a shore it wasn't a grower if it was it a if it was a grower it'd be like medieval jousting <laughs> this thing was fucking huge but he said he went to the hookers somewhere in Europe and the prostitute like, took his pants down, put him back up and gave him his money and said, no. <laughs> <laughs> and see when you see it, you go, do you know what? I wouldn't even fucking take that. I don't know what I mean. Because <laughs> you would take it. I would take, for lessons, I would take one in the mouth. <laughs> but yeah, I need to go piss in the I need a pee as well. Should we have a pee break at this point? Yeah. Right. I had a pee break. How far did we even get to our kids? I don't even know. We just started. We were talking about if Apple was wifey. Right. Apple's character is awesome, but the last cheeks must be knackered. I don't know if they had that note because with the note I've written down there. The last is she smiles the entire, entire movie and basically she is just so happy to do all these different activities. And Turbo Kid's kind of like, what? what? What are you playing at? Get away from me. But then he kind of lets her in because she's quickly becomes, says she's his best friend. And anyway, if you've got nobody, then... You let anybody in. That that is the beauty of the film, though. It's two people with nobody become a whole somebody. Uh, and then when we get further in, it's it's actually three people with nobody yeah. who find each other, who find common ground and find camaraderie. Uh, the face she makes when she sees the stunt pegs in his bag is the exact face I used to make when people would go to a stunt on my BMX. <laughs> like that kind of. Oh my god, I'm going to get a study. And that's what I like to be. That's why the most charming bits of it, maybe, because well, I think it's the first homage to like see the BMX movies of the 80s, like um, Rant and BMX the Bandits. bandits yeah. it, it's perfect for that, and the movie is it's absolutely chock full of homages, but there's been loads of movies like that in recent years that have been just trying to capitalise on nostalgia and just throwing references, like, you know what, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Yeah. This is the only one I felt was sincere. Yeah, yeah quite you some can time. tell they genuinely, like, for, they genuinely appreciate the, the genre. For me, it was like, it's got all the nudges and winks to other films. Like, there's this silent green reference when they hold up the cereal box. 
No, the, there's Mad Max references all yeah. over the joint. Oh, I made darkness, which says this I, is my, my gnome stick. stick. Yeah, but like for me, it was like see when you watch those movies, like the coming of age. I, sorry, but I, I did not fucking get that reference. <laughs> I cannot believe I did not fucking get that you reference. Said, this is beautiful. This is my gnome stick. You're so brilliant. You, you need ah. to be able to rest this and just obsess Shit. over Bruce Campbell for oh, a I do obsess over Bruce Campbell. I'm in three Bruce Campbell groups, which I actually had to leave because they kept saying uh, how The Walking Dead was shit because uh, <laughs> <laughs> every group you they literally know. said, you know, this I'm actually this is a button point here. They kept uh, posting um memes. Yep, pronounce it that way still. Um that said the fans of The Walking Dead complained it was too brutal so they tamed down the show and it's a picture of Bruce Campbell saying ha we would never do that and I kept wanting to get any arguments with folk and say the violence that you're talking about is from the opening episode of season 7 of The Walking Dead where two characters that everybody's got to know for 7 years get brutally beat to death with their head smashed open by another human being with a baseball bat the violence in Ash vs Evil Dead which to be fair I haven't seen is where Ash is beaten up Deadites! You have not it's seen Ash vs. Evil Dead no, and you they watch Walking Dead? They don't show it here. Aye, but watch it illegally. No, they do. They've got it on... It's on Stars in America. It's, de- it's on some channel here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right, I'm going to get it watch it because I still love both. No, it's just not, the fans were annoying the fuck. But I ordered the DVD. You can buy it out here. I know, but uh, it's, it's not top of my list. I'll get it because I binge... I told you I binge watched uh, Christmas and it was it's the, the best, best Christmas Don't get me wrong. I love it. I love Evil Dead. I love Bruce Campbell. It was just these fans that were just making a point out of nothing I'll, and it annoyed me. So I'm getting it. It doesn't matter who's a fan of who's see in the horror circles unless it's like some really specific like Groups like, for instance, the Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema yeah. and Shockwaves, they guys are brilliant because it's just well educated film fans. But you've got horror groups where you've got like wee teenagers or whatever just in it, and it's just outraged over and You say something bad about like The Walking Dead. Eh? To be honest, la- the last podcast group is about like that. They just uh, share the fucking. I left that group because I love their podcast, but see, I'm an idiot show what animal abuse was. But even they say, oh, check us out on Instagram, check us out on fa- Don't go to the check, Facebook group. Like, check, even they're it's going It's just Billy Moderator saying, mm. guys, fucking check. calm it down. That yeah. was deleted for a reason. Don't tag the hosts and stuff. They yeah, don't like just, it. It's just stupid. I kind of wait till our Facebook group gets like that. Uh, what as in with a like <laughs> <laughs> they, they've got what 30,000 likes we like, um, 126 stuff that <laughs> Liam talks about has just got about look at look at this hardcore <laughs> 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 and that is a really really disgusting joke for <laughs> let's get back to Tubble Kid right, Tubble Kid Tubble Kid as my I was talking about right. This is full of like you know tributes and homages to like you know the films of the eighties. It's obviously like based on like there's so many Mad Max references. There's some Dead and Drive in there. There's you know Silent Green. There's even Street Fighter Two in Zelda references as well. So it's definitely got all of that like winks and nods to films everyone's in. But like there's been so many films like that in recent years. It's kind of became like. Fuck it, it seems more like you're interested in capitalising on the nostalgia or saying, oh, like, um, is it even sincere or are you even just trying to do it to appeal to a certain fan base? But with Turbo Kid, it genuinely captured what made films like it so perfect in the first place. Because what the central story, what the coming of age, what the love story thing, that is just, that would fit in line with, you know, your monster squads, your guineas, your standby knees, for instance. It's just like, Younger characters come together, get against the odds. Make, make you feel nostalgic it, for a, 
memories that you don't even have is that you believe that you, you did that or, kind or, of shit as a child or channel it as a childhood you wish you were doing that but at the same time what it does first and foremost is introduce you to characters you actually care about puts them in a situation where they've got the odds to face even you know you're, they're going to win but that's what makes me care about it. it's not just like a paper mashy like storyline but it's just like a remix like a movie for that era it's actually you've got two characters that you care about first and foremost very simple story which is reminiscent of things you've seen before mm-hmm. but you genuinely care about them for me the characters in this film that's characters I actually care about I very rarely care about people in cinema but like this these two characters definitely yeah, yeah. they won my heart yeah, 100%. Absolutely. Actually, you know what? I fucking love this movie so much that I'm going to go on eBay right now and buy it. Blurry. No, I know. It's because it's on Netflix. Ah, I've never had to know, own it yet and I still own it, but I'm feeling it. <coughs> too. Anyway, we're getting the movie right. Okay, I'm, I don't know how far forward I'm jumping here, but we, we meet the guy who's wearing a gas mask and some kind of Chinese hat. Yep. That guy's vision has got to be seriously impaired. He's wearing a hat that's, that's, that's great with mesh over it. He can't see fuck all. That's the thing. Just stylistic choices in the post-apocalypse are... It's, it's, uh, it's a bit of It's steampunk. It's, it's steampunk as fuck. If in a post-apocalyptic society you need to look cooler than logic would dictate. I, 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 would, I would wear a fucking apple in my mouth and a blindfold <laughs> and a hard-on just, just to look in Probably the end of this night. <laughs> is that like, is that like, a, is like it's like a, this is the end where uh, Seth Rogen at the end when Danny McBride takes Charlie Tatum and he's they're fucking he's like a, he's got a dog and there's fucking somebody's got a strap on dildo and that they're just like descend into the, chaos. The steampunk bar in Glasgow and see. Is that steampunk bar in Glasgow? Yeah. No, but we should fucking make is one. Well, is. is there? It used to be. It was not next to Yes Bar. It was the street down from Platinum Lace where we went mm. with. Last podcast, the sheet down from that. There's a. Are you downstairs? Yeah, you went downstairs. There's probably a bar down there. I've I've not been outside the slouch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, from the other side of nowhere. So. I'm from the other side of nowhere. I just don't get enough. I'm I'm gonna start hanging about with you as mayor. Actually, you should make 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 time to actually have fun because I don't have fun ever. <laughs> I'm loving a fucking nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> Take that. Just before we go back away, Turbo Kid, tell me your inspiring quote for kids about their dreams. Follow your dreams, attain them, and then realise it's a fucking nightmare. <laughs> it's a lot. That, Follow your dreams that, that's what, turn it that's, that's what I thought about horror journalism. I mean, I'm grateful for every opportunity I've had, but you realise... I'm not going to get a girlfriend or a house anytime soon. <laughs> a girlfriend or a house. <laughs> you might not even get let back in the house. I might not even get let back in the house. I might need to become feral. <laughs> I might need to start eating sheep. Which gets back, but back to Turbo Kid. I think if it was in the future, it was post-apocalyptic, I wouldn't be worried about dressing up like a fucking 70s punk. I would just go ball naked, <laughs> a spear, and go... Feral, I'm going to have a fuck here, I'm going to eat you. There's, <laughs> no, there's nothing you can do about guns, it. guns, man. They've got guns, they've got, they've got hey, weird guns. chainsaw, fucking circular saw. If there's a, if a naked man... You're naked, you've got no protection If there's a whatsoever. naked man running at you with a hard on and a spear, you're going to shoot me and go, what the fuck? <laughs> By the time you've thought, what is going on? I've fucked you and I've stabbed you and I'm... I don't think so. You're going to run at me and I'm going to slice your hard on off and I'm going to be like, catch me outside, how about that? See, you know? see I, I, I would need a loincloth. 
I'm fine with naked, but I, I cannot handle a dangling really. <laughs> no, uh, it slaps off your legs. You don't want to No, but like, I, see, I can't even roll around and see if I'm sleeping naked. I need to pull my box back up because sometimes I just take them off in the middle of the night as I said, I'm just going to start masturbating in my dreams. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, you can't keep your hands off it. I love it. Sometimes you ever just wake up naked and think, how the fuck did this happen? No. <laughs> what, you went to sleep I've both? always got pants on. No, no, I usually wear my pyjamas. Uh, so I did something, you went to sleep with pants of clothes on? No, I've stuck in my t-shirt, but generally I've just took my shorts off and my trousers. And, um, and you sleep? Aye, and then like, I wake up in the middle of the night and I, I, I feel my three-inch pecker floating about. <laughs> and I'm thinking, I need something to cover you right away because I cannot get to sleep unless you're contained. Even though you're gone anywhere and you're pressing them. <laughs> so, talking about your Turbo Kid, let's get back to Turbo Kid. The things my pecker day are Turbo Kid. I don't even know where this movie Basically, um, my, notes are, my notes are pretty shit for this movie, to be honest. Mine from here are just fucking very practical effect with the half head cutting, the, the whole fight scene. Everything that happens in that is practical effect fucking glory. No, that's what's so great about it because it is it encapsulates everything you love about that either horror movies and sci-fi, whatever, you've got practical effects, you've actually got stories with a lot of heart, and then you know, you've got the references to stuff that's gotta make you know, the movies you grew up with you're gonna be like, Yes, yeah, you've referenced yeah. that. But practical effects are the best and it has got that this is people like us making this movie that know what we want to see. Yeah, they're doing it. People are us making the movies it's, for us. Well, well, maybe not people like us, because if anybody's listening to this podcast, yeah. we cannot say we're like any of you because that's probably we're never I've written my next one was actually this, exactly that sentiment. This film just hits another level with 80s movie nostalgia mixed with awesome brutality and gore. It's just everything that you want to see. Yeah, yeah. and plus, and it's actually characters that you care about. Yeah, which most story, films don't have. script. It's got characters. I mean, this. On paper, it's just like, how many times have you seen this type of movie? Yeah. But, well, apart from what you know, the, the robot and that, but it's just two characters you care about in a situation you want to be overcome. Yeah. And it's brilliant. And one of the reasons that it's so effective is because of Michael Ironside. Oh, Michael because, is a fucking Because beast. W- when you've got heroes that you really love, you need a, a villain and Michael Ironside is one of the best actors of all time at Play the Villain can we jump the third act twist and find out that uh, obviously there's robots in this universe that we find out that Michael Ironside is actually a robot yeah that's even the second watch when I watched the second time for this thing my note at the end is like um, because obviously basically in this movie he finds the actual Turbo Kids uh, power uh, sorry Turbo Riders uh, who is a superhero from a comic book who our main character idolises he f- stumbles upon a buried ship that has the dead turbo rider in it uh, who has a real working turbo blaster which is a handgun thing that it, it's quite uh, it's magical it's a basically shoots but, but in this universe you, you allow it to work uh, and it, essentially if you if he hits you with this blast you will evaporate into nothing and some blood will splatter out so he, he shoots Michael Ironside at one point and nothing happens to him and I'm thinking oh wait so just because he's the main bad guy he doesn't get fucking evaporated by the thing and then he sits up and like oh he's a robot second time I watched it and I f- fucking forgot he was a robot because it's written so damn well so that to, watching it today was the third time I've watched it yeah. and I forgot that yeah it's wow. written so well but, and it's not just because it's not like 
the movie's forgettable. There's just parts that you love about it that stick with you more than yeah. other parts. You know? Aye, it's not it's not because that, that part's forgettable, exactly. It, it's, it's just so See, what I think it's more like it goes to where it, see, it kind of references video games, like you said, like Zelda. Yeah, Street Fighter it goes, well. it goes to then where the boss comes, the thing you've been using to kill all his fucking cronies won't kill the boss. I think it keeps to that as well, which yeah. I feel like it's like... Yeah, but it's got that video game aesthetic where it takes a lot to kill the boss. Yeah. You've got a lot of shit to do. It's not just as simple as kill. Now, it's got that video game aesthetic. I mean, watching like, a movie like Turbo Kids, like, reminiscent of like, growing up playing Sega. Yeah. Streets of Rage. It's not necessarily cinematic. It's like a smorgasbord of, like, everything that, that you, you love. did as a child. <laughs> yeah. Everything you love. Video games... You know, video store movies like being touched up by Peter Fails. Like Michael Ironside showing up with an eye patch and giving you a smile. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, if he's a robot, what's the point of the eye patch? Just like, that's a good point because if he gets his eye thing, he do it. But then he's obviously if he's a robot, he broke his program and just, became he became human in his thinking. So it, it just looks cool. I mean, there's a couple of noise to escape from New York in there too. Yeah, it's just every time I see an eye patch now, I post a pop to me. I just think. Snake Plissken. Yeah. I still think I'm going to get a Snake Plissken tattoo. Can I? You can I? I've thought about it for a long time. Get it on your bobby, your snake, and say <laughs> just get Plissken on it. <laughs> or just the face, it's big enough. <laughs> can I ask a question? No. Would you stay, quote unquote, friends with Apple if you found out she was a robot? Yeah. I would, because I've not got a lot of friends. Can I inquire about her robot vagina? You can inquire about it, but I don't know if an agent will answer your emails. Will she have... <laughs> <laughs> well, do you think she's, do you think she's the same as Cherry 2000? Do you think she'll have a working robot vagina? Or are we, are we not thinking about her as a sexual being? I don't, she's so awesome. I See, don't that's think, the thing. I don't think yeah. Apple is a sexual being. Yeah, because she's so awesome. She's just... She's, she's so yeah. innocent, but like I would happily just be there and never have sex. Yeah, she's got a personality that is... Do you know what? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not idolising her sexually at all. That's it's thing, just that she's fun. That's the thing about that movie. It did not... It's like, right... It wasn't about that. So, so, right, sorry, current social political climate. Okay. As men, we all have sexual attractions. Don't we? And like, we, we all know what we like. And for Apple is such... I think I don't get it. Apple already. is such a character as men that not, not that we wouldn't have any sexual issue, but you think, I could be with somebody like that. But like, in this film, you don't... You don't actually think about her like that at all because most times that you see a female that's attractive, you think, I would. Yeah, because that just happens. I'm sure women think the same thing. I don't know what women think. I'm sorry if that offends any women, but like. Yeah, but I get, I get but, you, but you do. Like, there's an, when you have an attraction to somebody, what well, the first thing you think is, I would. I don't think that about Apple, but I did think she is perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I get you're, you're idolising her rather than as a sexual being, you're idolising her. Personality, what she offers, what she actually She's brings to the table, yeah. And that is, like, that. and that is not like anything to do with like you know men's ethos or anything. That is just how like women are portrayed in cinema, because sometimes you've got an attractive actress who's portrayed as maybe like strong and independent for sure, but quite like a sex symbol mm-hmm. in a sense. But Apple was portrayed as such a human character that was so likable. She had so much more to offer. Her personality was so strong that that, that wasn't an issue. Yeah. No, no party thinks, oh, I want to, I, I want to buy her. Because but, you're just, but, as but, you say, you want to be friends with her. You but, want to but just that, on her. But that is rare in cinema because 
in most movies there is an element of like you know both males and females it's like you know there's an element of like sexuality where like the female is definitely got that sex appeal and so is the male well you see it all the time like females that go to see a lot of Bradley Cooper films or whatever yeah. we go see films but there is always an element of that but Apple was just like such a pure she was a robot but she's one of the most human characters I've ever watched yeah. a film I think I think we pulled wow. that off pretty well. <laughs> yeah, that's good. No, I, I, agree I, with that. I had to bring up my. Uh, but we shag wins. <laughs> <laughs> that does, that's not true from from me and <laughs> <laughs> recorded uh, media. Uh, right, uh, here's the quote that I enjoyed when uh, Apple uh, teaches. Uh, Tub- Do we have does Topic have a name? Ryan. <laughs> does he have a name? Perry. I don't know, right? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Right, Turbo Kid, when, when uh, Apple's teaching Turbo Kid how to fight, are you ready to become a master in kicking ass? And then uh, the, the three uh, rules of her fighting is strike first, strike hard, show no mercy. And basically what you do is you punch somebody first, you punch them hard in the balls, no, in the throat. The eyes, the throat or the balls. Punch them in the throat, kick them in the balls, and that's you one, which is probably true. That, that would defeat most people. Yeah. <laughs> right. Apart from you and your three inch pecker. Here's the thing. <laughs> There's no you, balls uh, aye, no, three inch pecker. Because I've also got naked balls. Tell me, I fuck balls of naked. Did you did you notice the uh, Lion King reference as well? Yes. The Lion King reference with the health meter, like the um, energy meter. No, the Lion King reference when they're looking at the stars and they're saying that, uh, it's the souls of the dead that's up there. I didn't notice that. Yeah. You know how that whole scene when there's like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how, it says how did the souls both of you get different Lion King references from this? <laughs> uh, no, I thought you said Lincoln. Oh, no, 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 Lincoln. I, I thought you meant Link because I thought you meant Link from Zelda because see, um, Apple's energy meter. Yeah. So Zelda's health meter. Mm. I mean, I thought you both said. So did you get the Lion King reference? No, did you get that Lion King reference? I didn't get any fucking Lion King I did reference. say Lion King reference and it's you know how that scene in the Lion King with the lion on the ground it's Timon, Pumbaa and Simba and they're saying what are those lights in the sky and Pumbaa says I thought they're, they're burning balls of gas burning millions of miles away that's the good Pumbaa impression I've got to make a film about Pumbaa about recovering from heroin <laughs> and, they, and they laugh and tell him he's ridiculous because obviously the, the joke is it's real but then Simba says my dad said it's the de- the souls of dead kings or something that's looking down on me from, from up in the sky and that's what um, well, that was made me good thing thing about that that's Tur- a powerful no, that, that Tur- Turbo Kid says that um, it's the, the, my mum told me it's the souls of us it's up, it's up in the sky I, down us. I get it, it's a good spiritual feeling but it kind of upsets me the fact that so everyone that has died mm. is now looking at me watching you wanking masturbate yeah I died to the that reasons why I want to die <laughs> just to watch Liam work and you you don't even need to, you don't even need to die you can just come in and then I will float through your ceil- I will float I will float through your ceilings you're about to climax bare chest it good somewhere aim but I'll, I'll float through me then I'll be lucky sorrow because I've got no tangible connection to your left because I'm an ether in another plane and you'll be good eating there as you see my grocery thing of fish is gone. <laughs> my, 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 I think I chug right you and then it rains it's down it's back on It's like my sticky, the stickiness of my willy just can't even grip on him and put him back. Smart <laughs> 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 that's <laughs> right, um, here's, right, here's more of a scene that I think... <laughs> We're on to a scene that I think is. We're the, not even um, talking about the movie anymore. We need to fucking hurry up and get through because I've got some good stories to go at the end of this movie. We're on to a scene that I think is the best 
seen in a lot of movies when they catch the guy who sells all the gear um, they've he wakes up and they've cut all his guts and attached it to a bike oh it's ingenious which the guy's got to pedal to try and get the information out like imagine you're sitting and somebody's peddling your guts out of your stomach because you will live <laughs> for a while that's an awesome gag as well that is I can't think of anything that's ever been done no that is mm. so weird but I also like how Michael Ironside points out like have you any idea how long it took for us to set this yeah, up? Yeah, because, because <laughs> you're like, the question. it would actually take fucking <laughs> such a cool and procedure. That, that's the point, because they ask him the question, he grasses Turbo Kid and he's bored in, and then he says, ah, we took ages to set this up, so <laughs> on you go, pedal. <laughs> and they just kill him anyway. Ah, it's, that's pretty cool, man. No, it's kind of random as well, see if the, um, the decapitation scenes in Hobo with a shotgun, well, in the drains. All right. I, uh, I've tried to watch it like twice I think I don't know if I, if I like it or not yet oh you would love it I, I genuinely thought seen till this morning until he told me I thought I was recovering <laughs> <laughs> we actually said to him you should come here and only talk about Hobo with a shotgun in Cherry 2000 and then just see what happens <laughs> no, see once see if you give Hobo with shotgun a chance it's definitely get the same feels as this yeah right but no sweet Hobo with a shotgun's fucking brilliant yeah, it's, it's just, but but that was it's generally got the same similar gag but that, that cycle gag was one of the most embedded gore gags I've ever yeah, seen that's good I mean, anything I mean but Hobo with a Shotgun also had like the drain gag in that which is at the very start of the film that is why the most embedded as well so but they're also both for Canada which is a point I want to bring up later on so my next one can I ask a question mate and I'm hoping right so this one can actually genuinely be cut if this doesn't go anywhere because I don't really remember what I was writing right I was stoned the whole time watching both these movies. I don't even know why I'm here. Significant <laughs> si- significance of dinosaurs, Hollywood standard of movies. Turbo Kid throws that model out by being off the wall and away. <laughs> Fuck's sake, this is challenging. Oh, no, that's what that when he does the Tyrannosaurus Rex. Like they're looking over the land, and she gives them, or he gives her. It's not quite the Yeah, so thing. then she looks at it and she knows what she dinosaurs then are. She up the spaghetti on him, and she's like, oh, Tyrannosaurus. So I'm That's saying, is it, is, it, is, it, is, it, so is that what it is? Is it because like Hollywood movies always kind of follow a pattern and they're the same? And I guess I suppose the narrative is a pattern and the same. But at the same time, Turbo Kid is fucking bonkers because you've got. It's, that, that's a good point. I mean, there's Turbo Kid's not really a movie you can actually like. It's sincere and beautiful as at times. It, you you need to afford it liberties for you know like just nonsense. Aye, exactly. The magic of the hand blaster being real is, is, is in, in itself is crazy. It's I've got a hand blaster that's real. That doesn't fit the universe that then. I mean, I mean, but the, it will fit my universe like that. <laughs> but no, you need to afford it liberties definitely because like you know, it, it throws away some logic. But and then so you're seeing the dinosaurs, which could be either that they're potentially expanding on what this world incorporates because they've got planned sequels. Really? Yeah, there's planned sequels, but they're they're quite hard to make because the filmmakers were saying that Turbo Kid was so taunted that see um the money is not there to make the sequel despite the popularity of Revenant. Yeah. But you could also say like so there could be like maybe them seeing the dinosaurs is a vision of what the next movies can tell, you know, maybe they're gonna enter like, you know, prehistoric terrains or whatever. Mm. But I then at the same time it could be also a commentary because it was the same year Jurassic World was it? So maybe it was just a, a cheeky wee... Maybe, maybe, maybe. A cheeky wee nod. I hope they don't make any sequels because I think it's going to be like uh, Stranger Things. I think they'll fuck it. Because I think Stranger Things 2 is going to fuck it. I think uh, it was perfect. I, I don't know. I like the trailer. I think uh, the trailer like looks pretty good. So that's a point I wanted to make because talk about like the 80s nostalgia which has been everywhere in genre 
film for the last couple of years, and most of it has been, has just felt like a cheap cash in. Turbo Kid nailed it. Yeah. And I think Stranger Things is the more. Stranger Things absolutely one hundred percent nailed it. I have yeah. not made, seen anything that's but, that's better yet. But, but then, you're about, then you're talking about then you're talking about then you're talking about thinking fuck it though. But I don't think they will because I think the main priority in Stranger Things was the characters. You know the story. I think they've got an, it feels like they've got a plan in mind. None. I don't think the first series felt was stitched together that they were throwing things at the wall. I thought. Well, to hear, here's what well, I've read that the, that Barb's going to make an important part of Stranger Things too. I said that Barb. See when people were. I think she. Oh, I think she said she died. Amazing, Barb's she amazing, amazing, right. and people wrote articles and stuff, and people we're friends with that I've read their articles about were well written and well researched. But I just think Barb died. End of story. There is no Barb. But I, apparently I, I, she's coming back. I felt back. the moment she. I, I felt the moment she died for a reason. I did think for a reason for. Will they maybe bring her back in like a? A case where she is a spirit. She's something yeah. that's not actually. They're them because they've pandered to fans. But but I also think there's an element of Stranger Things. There's definitely a universe to it that's much wider than what the one first season. I I've got faith in Stranger Things for sure. But whereas other shows of that type of mentality, I would I would definitely listen. But I really do have faith in the show. I think it's good. I I'll watch it. It'll be good, but it might, it might be a four-star rather than I love stuff. Lovecraft and the fact that the new monster looks a wee bit kind of Cthulhu just gives me a semi. Just think about it right now. I mean, I would, I, I would find Cthulhu's grave and I would shag him. <laughs> so, Turbo Kid. <laughs> <laughs> so, the end of Turbo Kid. Right, we're the end of Turbo Kid. Um, Bad, guy, bad guys can never fight fear, can they? Because Ironside obviously fucks up. Uh, he never fights fear. Then I brought in double-decker bad guy. Brilliant. Yeah. You know that scene? No, he then, he yeah. then becomes triple-decker bad guy. They, uh, he uses his turbo blaster to blow somebody in half and the top half of the person lands on the head of someone else. So he's a, like a double-decker guy. Then later on, the, f- the legs of someone lands on the head of the guy who's on top of the other guy. So it's like a triple-decker guy. And it's quite funny. I don't really have any more notes for Turbo Kid. Like I've literally, I think I fell asleep at the very end. However, I do know that it does. The movie does end. I was so in my tits when I watched this. So, so if I say over the whole summary, I think it's wonderful. It is brilliant. It is it's amazing. a wonderful movie. It's a perfect homage to like the halcyon days of cinema and just a good film that is going to endlessly live. But empty that finds it and falls in love with these characters like we did. I'm going to throw it out. I'll give it a nine out of ten. It's a, it's a 9 out of 10 for me as well. I didn't rate it because I think I fell asleep at the end of the movie, but only because I watched it at night. But I am currently buying it uh, using my, my wedding fund money on Blu-ray right now on eBay. So I'm going to give this... In fact, I did lead up to this in the last episode. I'm going to drop this a fucking 10 bomb because I do love Turbo Kid. That is perfect. It's my second 10 bomb of year. You've not listened to an episode from two weeks ago. Scott also gave Vampire's Kiss a 7. Because it's fucking... But, and I, I, it's I, you know what? I've actually thought about this and why I rated it so highly because see when I watched it's, this, it's I had a fucking amazing time watching it. It's I just laughed at Nicolas Cage the whole way no, through. No, it's entertaining as hell. I will always get a film... To me, Vampire's Kiss are 9. No, but... No, no thank you. What no, I go back to is there's a nonsense rating and there's a serious rating. But my nonsense rating dictates my logic. <laughs> but no, I've got hard points for this. Like, for instance, right, Turbo Kid is also a prime example of the emerging Canadian horror cinema that's... Right, it was Canadian? That's Canadian, eh? Oh, that changes everything. No, but... No, that, <laughs> nah, I'm looking, I'm looking no, but... 
Like, what's that about? Eh? No, why the points? <laughs> hey, I, what's that about, eh? <laughs> Why the points I want to make, even if we fuck this up completely, because we didn't plan it whatsoever? <laughs> Canadian horror has been really, really like under the radar, but brilliant the last few years. What do we have? Do you have any examples I, on it? Yes, I do. Good. You've got Hole with a shotgun for the start. Right. Never which seen which it. Like, I you, it. you've not seen, but Hobo with a shotgun is different for Turbo Kid, but it's definitely from the same. It's born from yeah. the same love the same type of cinema I've seen parts of it I think I've definitely seen the start of it at some point so I will watch the whole thing another film I'd like to really really recommend is Modest Devereaux's End of the Line right no, I've seen never heard it I don't know if you'll find that it's rare it's cheap as hell to get on Amazon and that on DVD but it's a about a, a religious cult just running fucking rough wild through a subway station but that's just a brief definition you need to watch it because it's so much more than that it is Gain away too much of the spoil. I'm probably buy that to myself. No, you 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 probably buy it for about a fiver. Um, American Mary, controversial. I like that. The uh, Sasuke sisters. I don't know if I like that. Or... The 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 Sasuke sisters. I personally thought it was a movie with a lot of grey, and just as much that completely fucked it. But it it made me think. It was it's got the Eli Roth factor. It's like the Sasuke sisters have got an excellent film in them. They just need to. Get their shit together I, and make it. Yeah, like all their feelings and all their their ideas are good, but they, 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 they annoy me. They can't they flesh out. For instance, I, like the cameo, their their cameo that was horrendous. I, I, that's what I don't get. It's like if it, it was they're trying too hard. It, the movie's it, good, but it, if it, they just it was very Tarantino. Yeah. Tarantino, but like no Tarantino cast himself in everything, and he's usually kind of pulls his films down a wee much, but. Tarantino is a bit more brilliant yeah, my than this film. My favourite film from last year was The Hateful Eight. Uh, and I still say it's my favourite Tarantino film of all time. It's my third favourite. I think not my second favourite because Jackie Brown's my favourite. I think The Hateful Eight was so good. I watched it no, at Christmas and I watched it again right afterwards. That, but for me, Tarantino is definitely, he's another level. Even when Tarantino would have his, he's like, you know, he's in Wankfest or he's in films. Aye. They're still, still brilliant. It's like, cover me and you're a jackalope, Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> you're a sexy bastard. But back to Canadian horror, right? We also had Ponypool. Oh, yeah, Ponypool, I am. Ponypool. Later, we would watch that, and I wasn't keen on it. But it's a divisive film. People either love or hate it. It's worth mentioning. But I, I personally found it quite dull in parts, but excellent in other parts. It, uh, it, it, was, was, a, it was a brilliant taking the zombie subgenre, but it was a kind of. Eh. It was good the fact that later I watched it. Two or three times, it was like, you need to watch this, you really need to watch this. And then, when I Seriously. watched it, I thought, it's no... You should never leave her, by the way, because see that podcast you used to have with the witch? She really knows her shit about things that people should not know shit Don't about. Don't say that to her. <laughs> She'll hear it. Uh, <laughs> no, she loved Ponypool, but I wasn't keen on it. It's bit... I think the main guy looks like the dad from the Beverly Hillbillies, and I couldn't get over that. Um, also, um, Stephen McHattie was... One of the choices for Hobo with a shotgun, before because they didn't think it would get of her. But now what I've got recently, um, Jack Brooks Monster Slayer. I liked. I enjoyed. I bought from Asda for four pound and fucking thoroughly enjoyed it. It's also good because the same director he done the Shrine. I've seen the the DVD. I've not. Seen it's like movie. a kind of straw woman thing. It's like a kind of fucking pointy head. Aye. Yeah. That's a the Shrine's a brown film. Really? Jack Jack Brooks was one of the films. It was a seven out of ten. Because the last half hour was just monster madness, but it was quite it needing merit. Aye. But the director's really good, John Canoy, he's really promising. Okay, another one, Fido. 
With fucking what's his belly calling? Fido, um, the cover looks like a zombie Salma Hayek. I thought it was a different movie. I think so, aye. What's all, like what's all with Billy Connolly's or John Cleese? Billy Connolly is a zombie. Is that not Fido or Fido? I don't think that Fido, is. Fido, F-I-D-O. Is it Billy Connolly? It's so, Billy Connolly's a zombie. Is that Billy Connolly? Yeah. I didn't know that was Billy <laughs> Connolly. It's Billy Connolly. Because I thought it was Salma Hayek. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like a red cover with a zombie face. Aye. With like a grey zombie face. Aye, that's fucking Billy Connolly. That's brilliant. <laughs> Okay, right, going back to Canadian movies, but also come the veg genre films. That's it. That's Billy Connolly. I did not, I thought it was Sam Hayek. Let's go. It looks nothing like either of those people, but yeah, it just but, definitely looks nothing like a woman. That's what we're talking about. Like, we're talking about the aspects of um, Turbo Kids, which were coming of age billions. And you know, really cool, violent horror. Yeah, I'm sorry, I was away on my phone there for a second because I, I was actually buying Turbo Kid on Blu-ray. Uh, you better been buying Turbo Kid on Blu-ray. No. I was actually going to ask you what region Blu-ray should I buy. Get the region it plays in your player. I always condone so that's no I mean, What I meant to, use for, to come in there was what region is for us. It's B, isn't it? B. Well, that's what I've just bought. Okay. Another one I want to speak about. That's about These choices I've made have been modern Canadian horror because it's the last few years there's been quite a resurgence in the last 10 years eh? like, it's not been so much a resurgence that has gone to like you know put it in the map and keep the momentum going but there's been a lot of gems there but one that does need to be mentioned because we were speaking about like Turbo Kid which is the perfect balance of coming of age and fun mayhem is The Gate never seen it never heard of it you've never seen The Gate you just sitting here showing us up for being. Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not sure he's. It's the last time you're fucking coming on this podcast. You have never seen the gate, like so not. Because I. I oh wait, wait! Is it a big green cover with like a kind of monster thing that's I, going through? Yeah, I've seen the cover, but I've not seen the video. With Stephen Dorff, he's on it. Oh, I like but that. I, I, I thought you'd have seen it because you bought the house movies recently, which are also Canadian. I bought the house movies because uh, horror movie night told me to, and I just like. Just God does so. most of the things in well, life because horror movies. Well, I watched Body Melt the other day. I told you that last episode. Watch- it's a fucking absolute pile of shit. Body Melt is not shit. Ah, shit! You're shit! <laughs> <laughs> Trash Titans for a whole Right, so like, basically, okay, right, horror fans are listening to this who all do know what the gate is. Right. <laughs> is it good? Is it worth watching? It's a fucking classic. Alright, there you go. Right, okay, but that. The- you heard it here. That's not, first, a bit, I don't know. that's not a judgment. That's not a bit judgment. The gate is your typical 80s monster squad type of movie. You've got the kids, you've got the fucking horrors, you've you've got the situation. What's Clyde? That's what that is. Let's move on. Eddie the sleepwalking cannibal commander on that. No. <laughs> I don't know. Eddie, wh- I don't the know. What the hell? Walking <laughs> cannibal. I'm, I'm, is that real? It's real. I've, I've been trying. Have you spilled booze all day yourself? <laughs> oh. so I've been trying to bring up Canadian movies the last couple of years that are pretty hot a worse scene are they actually worth seeing oh aye every movie I've mentioned I'll leave my notes see no see what I I don't get like I watched Turbo Kids at no point did I think oh shit this is Canadian no but that's the thing to me American in, in it's horrible to say because obviously American Canada aren't the same it's like someone saying us or Scott fucking train spotting is the same as um, human traffic human traffic it's obviously not, 
But, but I don't think, oh, it's a Canadian film. I just think as a fucking enjoyable film. No, Canadian horror, I have noticed it's it's one of the most underappreciated in recent years. I mean, always, because some of the slashers from the 80s, and then you've also got the Devin Cronenberg movies, which are pure True. Canadian. I didn't know they were Canadian. I and I've, I have watched all of Andre Reid's book. I actually think there's like an American Canadian scene right now that is definitely worth taking notice of. Right, I'm about to buy fucking Eddie the Sleepwalking Cannibal in Blu-ray, so it, is it worth it? Yes, it is. It's a masterpiece. How much would you pay for it? At least... Realistically? At, at least £20. Okay. How about you finish this fucking episode before you keep going and buying him? He's telling me to do stuff, so I'm doing no, it. No, Eddie's like one cabin's excellent. He also said do we should fuck each other right. and uh, give I can get it for I can get it for thirteen pounds with free postage. But also ask William how many times I've let him do my film. Oh no. Ah yes, yeah, so I have put out that. I'll honestly say But I also acknowledge that he is as shitty and unconscious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's no movies that Fish has got me on that I've thought that is dreadful. I've always thought that is so fucking bad that I love it and I'm going to buy a semi watching <laughs> That's it. That's alright. Okay, on right, my final part of the night, which ties this episode together, I have become the host of this and I will take it over the <laughs> Okay. Your favourite post apocalyptic movies? Favourite post apocalyptic movies? The Road. Do you miserable? Because cunt. the book fucking blew me away. I loved the book. Yes. The movie. I think it couldn't be any better. It's so dark. It's so morbid. So, so. It makes you. It makes you afterwards feel fucking miserable with yourself. It's, it's also like Nick Cave as a screenwriter. Such a. It's outstanding. On your the Cave, top position. Oh. Just incidentally, Nick Cave is playing the Hydro I, in I, September. I want to get tickets. Uh, Bra getting tickets. Nick Cave is beyond words. Nick Cave is a different being. In the road, genuinely, I thought it was outstanding. The book, the, the, incredible. The, the movie, movie is incredible. amazing. It's also one of the movies you never associate as post apocalyptic. No. You never think it because it's such a it's memorable so a, drama. It's so direct character study that you don't really realise what's going on around them. You are following these guys. And it is grim. It. Uh, it's so grim. I don't know my, my favourite post-apocalyptic movie you I mean, obviously, fucking Walking Dead because you're <laughs> if it was a movie I, I, I mean to, to the front of my mind I'd probably go 1911 Dead Remake which is an amazing film but I also the Tom Savini one yeah but there's also other movies there was one about uh, a, a nuclear fallout where a girl was on a um, I can't remember who it was it was a reasonably famous actress and a reasonably famous actor and she was uh, living in a farmhouse. Her brother and dad had left to go and try and find supplies and they never came back. Because because he, no. No. And and she goes out and she finds this scientist who That's finds a great movie. water. That's good. And uh, and I can picture the guy, the, the guy's a black actor and he's reasonably. Denzel Washington is no. the Book of Eli. Uh, it's not it's not Book of Eli, it's it's a lot brighter than that. And and um, <laughs> Chris Pine's in it. How good was Chris Pine smoking aces? I like smoking aces. I love smoking aces. Why I never watched the second though. It's shite, but it's it, it it's all right. I can't say I, I, it's not one of the movies I would say you buy it right away. See if you see it in Asda, maybe for three quid. It's actually three quid that's not got to like compromise your bills or that. Get it then. Fuck fuck it, I'll just give you my small guesses too if you want. I'm not going to watch it again. Can you want another drink? Because I'm either going to crack this one or get something else from the um, I will have another drink, yes. You want this one? Or do you want a wee can of cider? No, uh, in did you say there's no beer left? And no, it's hard to be honest. Oh, I thought you had to say there's no beer left. No, no, I'm just Hi, all you teenage comet zombies. This is Kelly Maroney, and you're listening to Scott and Liam versus Evil. Right, I've got a story to end this podcast. 
Do you know how I'm desperate to be American? I've said this in this podcast so many times. Incidentally, how did the Cowboys do in the playoffs? Fuck off, man. The last kick of the game, dickhead. Packers still won. Next year. Next year's uh, Cowboys. Still will be fucking Anyway, anyway. Uh, so my mum was telling me how um, she was she was saying how I should trace back my her side of the family's family tree to find out um, where they come from because my pap was from uh, Stornoway originally where his uh, his family's from so I traced them back uh, to my, my pap uh, to his parents to then uh, follow back the line to his so essentially his grandparents and found out that his grandparents were um, Donald Mackenzie which is the name that travelled down t- to get to me or to get to my mum before my, my dad married her. Uh, and he married a woman from Stornoway called Kate McLeod or Catherine McLeod. And she came from a family who was, uh, I think was, there was a, it, was a, it was a big, big family. And if you um, go on to Ancestry.com, you'll find out that you can sign up for their, their uh, paid-for service and you'll realise that it's an absolute fucking shitstorm of bullshit because you can't fucking find anything. However, why did I research my family tree? I, I, went, from the out, I went from the outside. I yeah, found out that... <laughs> I found out that Kate McLeod, who is my, my pap's um, great-great-grandfather... Who's your pap's? My, my mum's dad. Right, okay. My pap. Um, his great grandfather, his great grandmother, Kate McLeod, came from a family who consisted of Mary Ann McLeod. And do you know who Mary Ann McLeod was? No. She moved to America when she was 19 years old. And do you know who she married? Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even fucking kidding on. Fuck off. I am not kidding on. Donald Trump. Donald Trump. You know how Donald Trump says that his mum came from Stonway? Donald Trump is. I am related to Donald Trump. <laughs> Of all the fucking Americans, you have just fucking made my journalistic <laughs> career. I am going to write thirty-two-year-old Marsha related to Donald Trump. Now, like of all the fucking Americans to be related to, I am fucking related to Donald Trump. My, my favourite bit was when Fish really referenced you as thirty-two-year-old Marsha. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, that's probably the big insult, actually. <laughs> I am fucking pledging to Huffington Post tomorrow saying 32 year old Mosher has got a really, really pedophilic sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> so, no. You're actually related to Donald well, Trump. Well, <laughs> uh, 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 com is really quite vague, so it's, it's tough to find out because apparently, if you go it's on vague. Does it say, I am related to Donald Trump? Of course it says, I am related to Donald Trump. You're related to a man. All the, name, the all the names match up. So what I'm waiting on right now is confirmation that actually the bus certificates match up. So the names match up. But the thing is, if you go to Stornoway and you shout Donald McKenzie, there's like 12 people in the street that will uh, turn around and say... And there's only 18 people in Stornoway. Exactly. So, but, uh, but there's a very good, there is a there is a chance that I, I have connections to Donald Trump. What are the fucking <laughs> chances? Probably racist connections. <laughs> do you know what? Tay, do you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll take Donald Trump. I would take no, not in a fight. I'll, I'll be related to Donald Trump. If he wants Fuck to say, off. if he wants to see um, uh, Scott come to come to Trump Tower, you're you're welcome. The president of the fucking United States invites me to America. Is I'm going to go. Right. I'm straight. Put that in the podcast. I did. I didn't make the ban. My second cousin did. <laughs> you know, I'm not responsible for his actions. Put all that in the podcast. We're genuinely a situation right now. See in this world, you can say invite me to Tower Trump. 
we'd all fucking date, you know, we would all yeah, go. Absolutely. But for instance, like you need to obviously shit and Donald Trump right now. Because we are we are I'm not shitting Donald Trump, he's my he's my he's my second cousin and he potentially could be the best the <laughs> best cousin. I know and, I, and I and I and I, I know second cousins and he's the he's the greatest. I ain't he's the greatest. Shit I mean, Donald Trump you know, because he's a fucking idiot. Not because Yes, he he's an idiot. Okay, boys, so we're at the end of the episode. We've obviously been discussing post-apocalyptic movies, but... We've been post-apocalyptic out in tangents all over the fucking show. There's two dogs they wind down. There's beers, there's ciders. I, I, was, I was trying to <laughs> learn. Right. <laughs> right, so obviously, apart from the hour and a half tangent, which you will never hear, because it was in radio. Because my, so my, my, my second cousin Donald will fucking stop uh, you. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save it in case... If we ever do a Patreon, no. that last hour and a half will be a no, Patreon subscriber. That, this last hour and a half will be a Patreon and social justice will prevail. This last hour and a half will be a fucking reason why Kian goes to jail. <laughs> and Liam will pull so many children. Fuck, yes. Okay, right. so the overall, let's rein it in. Right. Calm, calm ourselves. Amen. What are your favourite post-apocalyptic movies? The Road. Oh, why is that? If you're not disgusted. We did, we did off the record, but... <laughs> I thought it was only... The Road is outstanding. The book is incredible. Just the descriptions they put in, you're reading the book and you feel fucking shit. You feel god-awful. You feel like there's nothing ahead of you like you would do at the end of the earth. And then the movie, whether it's got him for fucking Lord of the Rings or not, the movie's outstanding. The movie makes you just see, in the future, if it all goes wrong, it's bleak, it's shit. You don't want to be there, but this is how you survive. The movie's amazing. The book's incredible. Yeah, definitely. I do enjoy The Road. I think it is a good movie. I love a post-apocalyptic movie. Do you want my answer? Yes. Zephyr Zachary is fucking the business. It's really, really good. But I also want to say that the battery is really, really good as well. That's the battery is fucking terrible. Really, really what? Yes. The yeah, battery is incredible. Oh, incredible. I thought you said the battery is terrible. No, it's incredible. Oh, it's incredible, yeah. That, 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 that is incredible. like what every horror filmmaker who's got no money should despise yeah. be like and just say Because, it. thing is, so if you enjoy filmmaking, you will you will give allowances for the bad zombie makeup and the bad scene where he has to kill a guy in the room with the, the baseball bat, but basically the storytelling and it's is amazing. Bad is a prime example of how you can make so much with so little. Definitely, and that, that's the type of films we should all be supporting because... Buy the battery right now, go on eBay right now, buy the battery. When you're finished buying the battery, because go on iTunes and you rate us five stars. No, but then, but then, I then I bought it for myself. Oh, that's so cool. see if you're one of like, the, the few people still listen to us after whatever the fuck But like, if really, the battery is a prime example of how independent horror is thriving. You know, how you can make so much with so little, how you can bust so much creativity with absolutely no resources watch the battery chances are if you're a true horror fan you have actually to annoy the battery because you're aware it, of it at least because it is crossed over also like there's so much independent horror crossed over like Dustin Mills movies like Jeffrey Messi's you know like Romeo's Distress 
Brenton's pick. Which we want to get a, a look at, and hopefully we'll, we'll be in touch with Jeff soon. Because, because he, he did say to us at the beginning of our podcast that he was going to show us when his movie's yeah, finished. And I hear it's finished, so we're looking to get a, a, a view of that. Well, I have watched it, read my review on Dread Central, because I I, I'm the yeah. fucking king there. <laughs> right. I, it is one of the most inventive films I've seen in a while. But going back to post apocalyptic movies, right? Children of Men. I good. don't I like it. it. No, I hate it. No. I don't think it's that good. I think it's bones fuck. Oh, well, fair enough. We'll move on to that. Doomsday. I hate it because I'm so patriotic about Scotland. Doomsday and I was ridiculous. You just show that uh, uh, the, the, the post-apocalyptic UK you built a fucking <laughs> wall on Hadrian's Wall and then when they showed Scotland it was fucking mega tribes folk with crushed cans of tenants lying about. Fuck you! Who made this movie? Who made this movie? That's exactly how Scotland would be if you built a wall. I know, but I don't want to see it though. Bit like, so you can. I can call my brother a dick, but you can't. So you can abandon the logic of every post apocalyptic movie ever, but when it comes to Scotland. No. That's true. Untouchable. Alright then. They all kind of want the same. Escape from New York. That's. Escape from New York. You have never seen Escape from New York? Oh, it's one of my favourite movies. You motherfucker. I've seen a lot. There's a lot of films that I've never seen. Right, what's the, what's the chat guys? Are we getting ready to fucking head you, out and go to town? Hey, it's 2 hours 52. Let's fucking wrap this right, up. If you, uh, if you enjoy our podcast, we have been fucking steaming as fuck tonight. <laughs> uh, you can get in touch with us at scotlandleanversuseevil at hotmail.com. Send us all your movie suggestions for future episodes. Send us your hate mail. Send us your love mail. Send us your fan fiction. Where me, Scott... I'm Scott. Where me, Liam and uh, Kian get fucking, fucking sexy with each other. Yeah, we <laughs> fucking shag each other all the time. Uh, then send it to us, absolutely. Uh, and, and send me mail as well. I know I'm almost sporadic on this podcast. I think I'm the only person that's been on two episodes of so, so just send me stuff like reading my articles on Diabolic and tell me how fucking good I'm because I really need... I really need... That satisfaction, you know, I'm terrible. Read, read Diabolik, read Scream Magazine, because the last three issues I've got, Kian Fisher's been a contributor. So, uh, like, Just send them um, nudes. Send them send, send, send me nudes. Send me pictures of my dad's newsletters for the like, war. Like, back on track. Like, uh, that's not current on Facebook. That is uh, Kian's baby, and he uh, they, they put, post a lot of fucking decent shit on that. But honestly, uh, on Facebook, search for Scotland Lane versus Evil. You'll find a page and uh, a group. Uh, you uh, join the group, like the page, post all your shit on the group, and just fucking get joined uh, joined in the conversation. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Scotland Lane versus Evil, and follow us on Instagram at Scotland Lane versus Evil. Follow us on Twitter at Scotland Lane versus. Follow us on. Instagram at Scotland Lane versus the Evil. And pretty much that's all we have to say. We have been here for a fucking long time tonight and I think Kieran is going to see us out. And if you don't follow us, I will cut you down. <laughs> Physically? Well, that that is lies. I will find you on Twitter. I will follow you. And I will try to become best friends. Then I will wait until the opportune moment and I will betray you. Ah <laughs> 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 oh, man, so much footage tonight, Liam. You're gonna be fucking editing for a long time. Right, cut it off. That's us done. Finish that. We can chat. See, you guys. See what happens. No.